Hey guys, welcome to Bag the Boardcast, episode number 367. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bring you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out March 21st, 2018. Why are you shooting like lactose hands at me when you were saying it? It was very strange. I was throwing dates at you. Okay. Mm, bad dates. No? Okay. And we followed up with our weekly rotating main topic, and since we're in the middle of March now, it's only time for one thing, and that's our annual comic book creator craze bracket. Every year we pit our favorite writers and artists up against each other from both sides of the aisle, Marvel and DC. We throw some indies in there as well, uh, just to see who's going to reign our pull lists for the upcoming year. And this week it's time for us to talk about the writers first. So, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we should. And as we sh- always, we will be putting beer against beer, North versus South, IPA versus IPA, Stout versus Stout, in a gridiron battle of what we're drinking. Wow. And Chris. And me. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm actually drinking something from one of my favorite breweries, and this is from New Holland, and this is their Dragon Milk Reserve, the Salted Caramel. Um, I love New Holland brewing. I love Dragon's Milk. I love that I can actually get Dragon's Milk down here now. I think it's fantastic that they have a bourbon barrel-aged stout that they just keep available year-round. It's not a bank buster either. Like It's always pretty reasonably priced for either the bomber or the four-pack of it. Uh, when they I went have to it my in beers. bombers. Yeah, oh, that was the first time. Bombers. I've only seen it in the four packs released here locally. That's why I'm surprised. I feel like it, uh, it might just be like a like a Michigan thing where you can get it in the bombers because that's mm. how I was always able to find. Like they would sell it in the supermarket in in the bomber. That's mm. how I brought it to us. Yeah, the first time. I just felt like uh, one of the hobbits. Like they sell it in pints. <laughs> uh, so when I saw this was available, I was automatically intrigued by it so i bought a four pack of it i have to say it's a really nice dessert beer it really reminds me of something like the southern tier creme brulee it's very heavy on that salted caramel though and that that salty sweet really lingers on your tongue and it covers up any of those bourbon notes that you would normally get from the dragon's milk it's still really good but i can't place this over the regular dragon's milk and I don't think I can place this over the Southern Tier Creme Brulee, which, for all intents and purposes, is almost the same beer, just not aged in bourbon barrels. Um, but I if really, you're missing the bourbon barrel flavor, then, yeah, what what are you, you know? Yeah, at that point, it's just, it's a dessert beer. Um, mm-hmm. I've had some other salted caramel beers where it's not quite as salty. This one definitely has it. Like, you take a sip and you're like, yeah, that's, that's salted caramel. Uh I'm just questioning where the bourbon barrel is. I think it's just that, like, the vanilla notes from the bourbon barrel are just wrapped into that caramel flavor, so it doesn't give you that burn. Hmm. But you would still put creme br- Now, you're putting in creme brulee above it because it's I'm, a better dessert beer for you. It, but- it's a better dessert beer. Um, this one, it's... I I would probably buy it again, but... If I go to the beer store and they still have it, but they have creme brulee, I'd probably get the creme brulee because I mean, that's just one of my go-tos. Mm-hmm. Um, but you say it's, it has that nice salt flavor to it, that that 
cr- cream flavor or creme caramely caramely flavor to it, yeah. and that makes me kind of excited to try it. Especially now that I know, hey, don't look for the bourbon, but it delivers yeah. on the salted caramel, right? Yeah, it definitely yeah. delivers on the salted caramel. It's eleven percent. I mean, so it is Ooh. just with like, I mean, that alcohol content. It you do not feel it, unlike the regular dragon's milk, where you get a little bit of that burn on it. Mm-hmm. It's very drinkable. Like it's really nice. It's definitely a zipper because it does have that sweetness to it, much like the creme brulee does. But I don't know. I got the just per- was, personal taste. I, I would go creme brulee over that. I would go the regular dragon's milk stout over it. But it's not a bad beer at all. I mean, coming in third out of three great, awesome beers is is not a loss. You know. Uh, now, did you have the? Because I know you did the mint, mint, the mint chocolate the mint version. Chocolate, yeah. Did you see that down there, Chris? Uh, Dragon's Milk Reserve or yeah. Southern Tier? Okay, the, um, no, I haven't seen that one yet. It was literally like I was walking down the aisle just to see what they had in six packs. They had dragon's milk on the shelf, and then next to it they had just a row of the salted caramel. So I was like, oh, hey, cool. Um, I don't know if that one's just not available yet or if it's like well, that limited was, release. That was but. the reserve version from like uh, fall to winter. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, that one – what that one didn't ha- make it down here then. What you're having now is the kind of the sp- spring to s- summer version, mm-hmm. I think. I think they do two a year. Um, so, yeah, we, we ended up getting the, the mint one, which yeah. I enjoyed. It. Yeah, it was good. It it didn't make me want to sit on it or wait on it. Maybe maybe the salted caramel, if you age it, would go away a little bit and the bourbon would come back out. I don't know, because I didn't sit on the mint chocolate i i kind of we've, devoured we've kind of learned that you don't sit on the dragon's milk yeah. i think yeah. that's but i mean something like and not for aging but then something like the creme brulee oh, you age. do sit on it so yeah I, I put this closer to the southern tier than i do the new Holland, honestly like it's mm-hmm. kind of closer to that but anyways what are you guys drinking uh, we're drinking something that uh i showed up to go see a hockey game with Paul mm-hmm. and said, "Oh my God, I had this awesome beer. I'm slightly drunk." <laughs> and the beer is this is a uh, wrench from Industrial Arts Brewing Company. It uh, came back out in cans uh, in the local area, and I was able to actually snag up a four pack. And I'm uh, kicking myself because I should have spent another eighteen dollars and ninety something cents to pick up another four pack for myself. Uh, Happy to share it with John. This was packed on 3-8-18, so we're drinking it uh, 10 days out. But uh, this is a definitely a New England-style IPA at 6.8% alcohol, alcohol by volume. And this is, when they say juice bomb, this is what I imagine. Like, anybody that says hazy juice bomb, this is, you know, something smooth, something with, a, like, just a big citrus flavor, but easy drinking. Like, there's no... There wasn't really big passion fruit or tropical fruit. It was it kind was of all... that. It was very like when I when I poured your glass, the I wasn't pouring right up to my nose, and I could just smell the juiciness of yeah. the beer. And it comes like when you pour it, you have this nice, super creamy head on it as well, and it just was um, just delicious. And it's mm-hmm. very smooth. When you get towards the bottom, it gets a little more weedy. Um, somewhere in the middle, you've kind of um, you. You, 
you lose some of those juiciness tastes because it's so much on your tongue yeah. that every sip kind of just tastes neutral then. But I have to say Wrench is probably the best New England beer we've had. Oh, and yeah. that's stuff that even we've had off the show that I've gotten from specialty people that we've drank, but I think Wrench is the best. Yeah, Wrench is now the new, uh, it's a new uh, benchmark for me for New England style IPAs. I would like something with the more tropical fruits. This is a, a lot more of that citrus fruit, cis, citrus rind flavor, but it's so smooth and it's so yeah, creamy. I, I like that kind of. Which one? That I'm IPA, the, the citrus more than the tropical fruits. Okay. Well, that's, hey, man. We'll have to see if we can either still get a can or. Save a can? Say, somehow oh, that's somehow get, get you a can for an, hopefully it'll be back yeah Hope, i'm trying I can't, to, I, i'm sorry chris two months is too long to say no this. you don't want to no, yeah it don't wouldn't, say be, that. it wouldn't be good for you it it, it 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 just it just wouldn't be right i'm i'm fighting to try to get into my store because i'd love so to be able to sell it because i'd love to be able to walk home any day with it and that's the thing is it's one of those ones those in and out kind of beers uh, much like uh, the foreign objects that we had. Yeah. In and the, out. They had, uh, at the beer store that I bought this at, they had the wrench and the, also the power tools. Power tools came out, the, they both came out the same day. Power tools was completely sold out. And wrench had three cases, three, you know, the case, quote unquote, cases left. Flats. Flats. Yeah, so of a four pack, there's what, four four pack? Or there's six four packs. So they probably had 12 plus another, five, you know, Plus another five, so seventeen, yeah. and I bought the sixteenth lap. It, this one. is the uh, Industrial Arts is the beer that everybody in Buffalo is clamoring for. It should be single cut. Yeah, but I also got Weird and Gilly there as well. I forgot to tell you I had it, but you bought enough beer for me that day. Mm. But we should get to the news. What news? Uh, trailer news, guys. Hey, you were on in the internets, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I, I have to be for the show, so yes. Yeah, so you saw that the uh, trailers dropped for Fantastic Beasts and where to find them on the internets. Uh, unlike the other trailer we'll talk about, which like hit everywhere. Like, yeah. it, was, it was like on TV, there was a big promo saying, hey, guys, turn into March Madness tomorrow. If you don't know what March Madness is, figure it out so you can watch this full trailer during March Madness. Well, all I have to say is it's the thing that the Bag Broadcast based their comic book bracket buster on and then everybody's like, oh, okay, yeah, we've heard about that. Sports balling. Yeah, sports balling. At least 1,000 Throwing a hoop have. for a touchdown. Uh, so let's get the uh, smaller one out of the way, which I think is the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Can or I no, get... Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I'm sorry. Yeah, Fantastic uh, Beasts 2, uh, Crimes of Grindelwald. The one thing that I disliked about this trailer was the day before this trailer released, they did a pre-trailer release, which just said, watch tomorrow, end. And I was like, why the hell did they you They did that for uh, Infinity War as well, but they gave you a little bit more. They gave you a little bit, but this really, literally was just like, tomorrow. And I was like, they, they mother truck stop. I know, I hate it, it's stupid. No, it's... A nice heads up that a trailer's going to be coming up. At the same time, I'm aware that the teaser trailers come out, so if you just put out a trailer, I'll be extra excited. Um, but yeah, we get our first real glimpses outside of the uh, screenshots we got before of Jude Law as young Dumbledore. Uh, you see him actually as a professor. We know we're going to Paris in this one now. 
you see the return of uh, his his sidekick. I don't remember his yeah, name from the movie. Uh, it began with a K. What's his name? But yeah, the the baker guy at the end who had his yeah. memory erased. Spoilers for a movie that came out two years ago. Uh, I'm pumped. I like the fact that they're able to go a little bit darker with these movies right off the bat, as opposed to Harry Potter, which, I mean, did have its darker moments, but it starts off really bright and cheery before it does really have that change over to that more mature kind of content. Uh, this one, right off the bat, you've got a, a dark wizard that, you know, they're trying to fight up against and uh, looks like things are going pretty rough for him. Uh, Dan Fogel played Jacob Kowalski. Kowalski. How is Kowalski that? is great. I'm so glad he's back. My dad was really upset when they wiped his mind at the end. He's like, no, no, you don't. Come on. I'm like, dad, don't worry. Don't worry, dad. It'll be okay. He's like, I like that movie. I don't want to ever watch it again because of what they did to that guy. And I'm like, dad, no, he could. Yeah, but yeah, he, he sees the girl at the end and he smiles and he has all those. Me- she puts those memories back in him. Come on, Dad. Come on. Come that's, on. Just believe that's that. That's the heart of that movie is like he yeah. went on this like awesome adventure and came out of it like being like, well, you know, this is how it has to be. Like he he mans up and it was strong enough that sticks with him. Like I, I feel like that's such a nice reverberating memento like to come out of that movie. Like, yeah, I think the thing, too, is 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 I, the thing I like is when it's not always a happy ending. And you had like, hey, the heroes save the day, the heroes do this, but then it's like, there you, was sacrifices you can't made. do this, you have to get rid of them. And then it's because they're the good wizards, they're going to bend the rules just slightly. Because you do have that, you know, they set them up for the, they set them up for the, um, him getting his own bakery, they help him out when they yeah, can. Yeah, the eggs. And even <laughs> if. Because he can't even lift that briefcase. At that point, I'm like, come on, Dad, Dad come on, come on. It's good. It's good. Everything's good. He's like, nope, don't like it. I'm like, but also, right. like him smiling at her means uh-huh. she's going to not. She might not zap his brain, but she might choose to go back because she's already fallen in love with him. But make him fall in love with her, which he's already got. You know, he's probably still has those feelings tied down yeah. deep down in in him. I think we're getting off on a, I, I, on a no, tangent. In this trailer, my big hope is... No, we only is, have two things we're talking about for the yeah. news, so that's okay. The, the big hope for, in this trailer... Well, I have two big hopes. One, we hardly see Johnny Depp as Grindelwald. He looked a lot better Yeah, this, but the, when they I show him in care. this. I just... He's not as good as Colin... Uh, what's it? Colin Farrell was... Farrell he was as, good as that character. As a villain. Uh, my other hope is Stanley Kowalski has all his memories... Jacob. And he's he's ready to go. What? Jacob Kowalski? Jacob Kowalski? What did I say? Stanley Stanley, Kowal- Stanley Kowalski. <laughs> Watch do you know a Stanley Kowalski? Uh Do South. A short lived uh, or pretty long lived uh, CBS show. Okay, see so now this is going off on a tangent. <laughs> yeah, that's a tangent. All right. Um But no, well, that I, he's he's ready to go. That uh he, that the doctor, I mean uh Scalamander Scamander. The doctor. Yeah. Andrew Redmayne shows up and he says, Hey, companion, I mean, Jacob, we're going on an adventure together. And he's like, All right, let's go. And what's great is they're going to Paris. And he's a pastry chef in <laughs> Paris. And he's 
in love. And he said, oh, it's going to be so fun. Uh, I loved, I was, I thought he would do a good job because Jude Law is a good actor, but I love his Dumbledore. His yeah. Dumbledore reminds me of William Defoe and Moonock Saints. No. Where he's kind of just playing, like, he's playing that sexuality just a little bit. Well, yeah, but that's also the... Yeah. <laughs> he's got that's that shoulder. I lost my train of thought because Paul is doing this weird seductive dance at me. And I I just couldn't handle yeah, it. Couldn't I couldn't handle it. Because also so then good. I'm just thinking about Willem Dafoe <laughs> and how bad of a movie Boondock Saints is. How dare you? It's people, day after St. Patrick's love, Day. Uh, people love it for some reason. It's awful. It's so much fun. And the worst part is the uh, horrible movie that is Boondock Saints 2. All Saints Day. Yeah. All Boys. Saints throw up and... Boys, we got to go back. <laughs> There's nothing gay about it, though. Hey, talking about getting off on tangents. <laughs> hey, getting hey. off on tangents, let's talk about no, that no, Infinity War trailer. What, what were, you had a thought that you were going with. No, I just, I really liked, I really liked Jude Law as that. <laughs> I think he, he, he nailed it, and he nailed what Dumbledore is. It might not have been the old man blustering version we got. This is a guy that's still learning lessons. There's a guy that's still teaching lessons, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's also smarter than everybody and better than everybody, and he knows it. He still has a little bit of that ego to him. Yeah. Yeah. I I really dig this. I'm I'm super pumped for this holiday season. I can't wait for this movie. It looks really good. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's, like John said, let's get into the next one, then. I have nothing to add. So uh, we got the second... Trailer for Infinity War. Guys, what pissed me off was the day before. Uh, oh, when uh, people were talking about how you can't apparate onto Hogwarts uh, property. Yes, that's true. People were upset about that. Yeah, people were upset about that. And you're like, well, they could have not had that rule yet. Yes. Maybe this is why they make that rule. And exactly. the person that makes that rule is probably Dumbledore. So he knows how to why break he's the rule. able to apparate in and out of Hogwarts still. Yeah. As, as a very... Uh, important point in the final movies because like well and books too because he's the only one that's able to apparate in and out yeah because because he knows the spot to do it and there's only one spot probably and he's the only one that knows probably in his office yeah well no in the tower because that's where he apparates there's in the astronomy tower Mm -hmm. uh but what about when he gets away from well that's uh, with phoenix uh that's with felix no no but that's yeah that's him apparating out is that still apparating? With the with, with yeah, the... he used the bird to cause the burst to oh, a, a fire, and then yeah. he apparates out. So, okay, cool. He, all I know is he had he has style. <laughs> <laughs> we get to see a young. Uh... Oh, that would, he would be badass. Too. Uh, but anyway, so uh, this is a trailer. I was I said, you know what? I'm not gonna watch it. I got. I got, I got, I got enough from the first one. I'm good. I'm not going to go second Ooh. trailer. I didn't do second trailer on Star Wars. Uh, I and I, and I was like, I'm not going to do it. And then my buddy Max came up and was like, mm, I don't know. You can't. You should probably do it. And I was like, Do I get anything more? Do they tease more? And he's like, Yeah, you kind of get that, but you get some really good interaction with characters. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ah, now I got to see it. The thing is, I used to be the guy. Now Chris is the guy. That was like ah, I don't want. As soon as I'm as soon as I'm hungry enough for the movie, I don't need to see any trailers. I'm done. I don't want to learn anything more. But the thing is with Marvel movies, especially, and they also do it with the Star Wars movies, 
see Rogue One. Um, their trailers don't actually necessarily play a part in what actually happens in the movie. They're just the trailer. And I can glean so much enjoyment out of these trailers. And I know walking into the movie, I'm not going to spoil anything because they CGI shit. Like, it's not actually a city that, uh, or a back alley that he, Thor and Hela have that battle out, you know, where she crushes yeah, that it's hammer. It's in a field. It's in a field. I, cliffs of Dover. It's, you know, things that, that TIE fighter doesn't show up at the end, uh, you know, or the walkway to meet Jin or so. <laughs> like, it, trailers don't matter. They're just there to whet my appetite. And man, I, I want to get salivating over the steak of a movie because it's going to be a full steak meal of a movie. I'm, <laughs> I'm just. <laughs> you hungry for meat? I'm hungry. I'm so hungry for a full steak meal of a movie. <laughs> of a movie, I am Chris. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. No, I'm. I'm took- pumped. Like, even from the get go, just with uh, Gamora talking about Thanos, just like hyping him up, and then you just kind of get into what uh, Max was talking about with just that character interaction where you have Star-Lord talking to Drax and Tony Stark. Later you get mm-hmm. Doctor Strange with Spider-Man. It's There's some fun moments, but it's still the gravity's there. When you see Cap fighting Thanos, like that's that's an awesome moment. Mm-hmm. I, I can't wait for this movie. I'm glad I don't have to wait much longer. It's coming out in like a month and a half. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I really liked is... The Tony Stark moment when he's like, "What's his name again?" Like he's got mm-hmm. like he's just Wait, got what's that. His name? I'm I want to I want to remember this guy's name because I fucking hate him. This guy is is on my mm-hmm. list. He's on my list of things I need to do, and I really like that. To me, that what's his name really caught oh, really? me. I, yeah, I was just like, oh man. He See, says it with such gravitas. Oh, okay. Like cool. he does really does say it. Because anytime anybody else says what's his name, my head goes, Cusco. Who's that? He's, don't you know? He's the Prince of the World. No. That's his name. Cusco. Uh, Cusco? Mm-hmm. Cusco. Who's that from? I don't know what that's it's, from. Chris already said it. Emperor's New Groove. Uh, Paul's favorite Disney movie. It's one of my favorite Disney Paul movies. Paul made me watch half of that. I think I got up and left his no, house. No, you slept. Did I fall asleep? You fell asleep. Hey, I did something you, right. You had a good nap. I did. It was good. Well, Paul, apparently everyone else is uh, mirroring your sentiments, though, with uh, Avengers Infinity War now becoming the highest or fastest grossing movie on Fandango, uh, beating what Black Panther did in 24 hours in just six. Wow. So, yeah, this is a... Uh, Everybody's hungry for that. People are hyped. Yeah. <clears throat> Everybody's yeah, they're hungry like the wolf. <laughs> wow, Duran Duran. Yeah, I don't know. Just felt like it. Mm-hmm. No, that's good. Uh, yeah. And uh, I'm touching on just Black Panther for a minute, um, five weeks in a row, still number one in the box office. I- I'm excited for more Black Panther. I'm like, ex- you know, give me more T'Ch- T'Challa, too. Like, the last one had him saying, get this man a shield. This one didn't really have a big, you know, he's there. Well, you get to see his sister with that hologram thing. Yeah, the, like showing Whose face is that? I think it's Vision. I think it's Vision too. Talking about yeah. the two gems that they still have, mm. third stones. Mm. Uh, mm. Also, a lot of people are like wondering why uh, Hawkeye hasn't been seen so much. A uh, couple schools of thought on this. I want to run past you guys. And again, this is all just like fan speculation. So who knows? Uh, 
possibly he's just gone into retirement again mm-hmm. after everything that happened in Civil War, after Cap busts everybody out. He's just like, nope, I'm done with this. I was done before. I got brought back in. Didn't turn out so well. I'm got finished. Arrested. Uh, second school of thought is he's actually the one that's looking for the final affinity stone. He's on like undercover mission. Uh, if I was, you know, a tactician, I would probably put him on, hey, try to keep as many civilians out of danger as possible. That's going to be your job. Stay Just like off- he did with Quicksilver. Oh. oh. Well, he is, Quicksilver wasn't a civilian. He was an un- he was a companion. They were still working together on crowd control. And, yeah. You know. Well, you know, sometimes... Hey, he saved his life. Uh, I think it's just a fact of it's a minor character. So they just haven't shown him in the thing. Mm. And he might just have... But they, but he might like only shown... have one great thing to do before he's killed in it. You don't yeah. know. Like, I think it's something stupid. It's like, hey, hey we didn't see enough of... You know, we didn't see enough of... Uh, Howard the Duck in that trailer. What's he up to? Like, yeah, well, the Vision. How how much do you see him in the trailer? Yeah, you see the first trailer. You see him like them trying to pull the stone out of his head, and in this one, you just see his face. It may be his face in a hologram. Right. Well, there's so many characters, like, and there's only two and a half minutes of each trailer. And I don't even think we got as many as they've said that are going to be in it. They've mm-hmm. they've listed uh, what was it like? They I think the the Russo brothers said there's like sixty. And everybody's still saying that Captain Marvel is not making a cameo. Well, I just saw a thing that said it might. She might be. She might be. <laughs> it goes back and forth. Yeah, but we're not talking about Captain it's Marvel. Real. We don't want to spoil no, anything for Chris. We don't talk about Captain Marvel on this show because we don't Captain want Captain sp- Marvel free show. Because Chris wants to go in there completely blind. <laughs> hey, Dumbledore's Co- complete, in that movie with her. <laughs> complete sidebar. Yes, uh, that's true. Uh, and it does tie into the Marvel stuff with a. Actor that probably won't be appearing in this one too, uh, Christopher Eccleston. Did you guys see the interview with him? Oh, where he's like, where he just went off on his appearances in GI Joe and Thor, saying like, mm-hmm. "GI Joe made me want to slit my own throat, and Thor made me want to put a gun in my mouth." He was just doing it for the money because he got blackballed at the BBC, and he's like, ah, "I guess I got to go to the United States now." Yeah, he was not the best part of Dark World, but that was also because they didn't the do script. Char- they didn't do his character right either. No. But also as a doctor too. Like he's some people's favorites. He didn't want to do that either. He did it as a favor. Yeah. And just, uh and then he was even he had sour groups about that it was leaked that he was leaving it and everything. And they blamed and BBC be- blamed him. That was what came out in this interview. He's like, no, I you know, they shouldn't have like made me the bad guy in that yeah he seems to be somebody who's kind of hard to work with yeah he seems and i i can't say it because i haven't seen too much from him like interview wise but it seems like he's too good for anything that he's in although he did say in the same interview that uh gone in 60 seconds was a great experience for him and he loved working with nicholas gage (laughs) he's a true gentleman he didn't say anything about uh, his other big role that I've seen him in, which was 28 Days Later. Yeah. That's the only other time that I've really seen Christopher Eccleston, and I'm like, oh, it's that guy. But that was way after, that was you re-watching the movie, right? Yeah, because he's... Uh, that was right out of the He's just like the, the, like the general guy in it, though. Yeah. Right? He's yeah, in he's it for like the 30 seconds? At the end, yeah. At the very end, yeah. Yeah. But that's the only other time. That's Doctor Who... 28 days later, 
Thor Ragnarok. Like that. That's or not not Thor Thor, Thor the Dark World. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Their biggest the biggest problem with with his role at he's he he was a perfect choice for that character, but the fact that they everything subtitled. he said was yeah. subtitled loses all of the impact of that character because you're not getting to him say those powerful words of oh how are we going to win this thing bring our entire fleet down on the battlefield you know like him saying like Mm -hmm. bring it all down it'll kill our men so it'll kill them like that's a that's a powerful thing but instead you're like he's like here's the thing though he's still saying those words though i feel like it's more how you're saying things rather than what you're saying but he's an actor like he can he can do that he he can do that, but he's saying and then you're reading what he's saying. He's saying a gibberish at you. You know, like even saying gibberish at you remote. you're you're not really listening to him because you're reading at the same time. Like yeah, if but he had just say, the devil's advocate here though, you can say the same thing about half the scenes in the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings movies when you're dealing with the elves. I don't find that distracting. That's that's world building. That's them adding another layer into that performance and that character and that universe. But those things that they are saying aren't the most powerful parts of the movie. It's more like, oh, yeah, it's world I've, built. Yeah. I've missed you. You know, like... It was a dream, Arwen. Yeah, it's little things like that that aren't... They're character building. They're character building, but they're not the most... They're not the points to show the villain at his worst or slash best. Because in, in character building in those moments in Lord of the Rings, it seems like, you know... She can. It's easy to display, like sorrowfulness and wistfulness, you know, in the facial emotion, but a stern resoluteness. It's hard to get across because uh, it's like ba- oh, Battle you're of Helms, plain faced. Battle of Helm's uh. Deep when Aragorn's yelling to Legolas to shoot the orc that's charging with the torch that's about to blow up the wall. That's all in Elvish. That's a powerful scene. Like you get what he's saying, even though you're reading those words. Doesn't he say bring him down in English? Yeah, he's yelling in Elvish, bring him down. Oh, okay, in Elvish. Okay. Well, but, then, but yeah. you know that because then, you read yeah, those Christop- words. Like, yeah, Christopher Exon, what the hell? Why didn't you just do what he did? Bring them down! Yeah, Chris, you won me over. I'm now with Chris. Johnny, you're alone. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this doesn't bode well for the bracket. <laughs> no, um, look forward to us talking more about Thor of the Dark World and what, like three episodes of the... Yeah. Great Marvel movie retrospective. Yes, yeah. we got Captain America First Avenger, then the Avengers, and then Avengers, then Iron Man three, and then Thor. So four. Dark world. Yeah. And I'll say, hey, any fans out there, you got you got a Marvel movie that's your favorite that you feel like you mean need to defend? Let us know. Maybe we'll let you on the episode. I just saw uh, We're doing that with our friend Greg, who's never been on the show. He's been on a not, not episode. Not episode, yep. Uh here's I actually just talked to Greg about that when he was down here and he was like yeah, I'll sit it on it. And he's like, I think John thought I was more passionate about it than I was when I was talking about it. Well, he told Paul, and Paul told me, and yeah. I'm friends with Greg. And I was like, yeah, Greg, yeah, we'll have you in. Like, he's got something to say. Because Greg, he defended X-Men First Class so yeah. hard that we had, like, hours-long discussion about how he was wrong. And he just stood, he stood, stood firmly in there being like... No, and then like a few years ago, he's like, oh, "I rewatched it. That's awful. You guys." Were <laughs> it made me think about rewatching it. 
And that's saying something because I do not watch many movies. No. Uh, when I when I went to buy Thor Ragnarok on DVD, I always just kind of look and see what other deals they might have or like what else I can buy really cheap. And they do have three packs of the X-Men movies now for like $14 where you can get like X-Men, X2, uh, Last Stand. Then there's another one that has First Class. Uh, what was the one after that? Was it um, Days of Future Past? Yeah. I believe, yeah, that was the second one. Okay, and then like um, Apocalypse. And I was like, they're cheap enough now where I could put that money towards it and not be upset that I spent that much money, but I don't know if I would go back and rewatch it. No, don't. Don't do it. But I'd, I, I I'd, said, I'd have a chance to finally see like Age of Apocalypse, and I would see the uh, Days of Future Past because I never watched that one. Days of, Days of Future Past is worth it because it actually is the best... It is the best X-Men movie that they've done since X2. I will give it that. Uh, aside from Old Man Logan, or for Logan and uh, Deadpool. Uh, but I actually just went back. I started rewatching Wolverine Origins, and I was like, eh, nope. <laughs> I, made a, I made a mistake. Let's turn this off. It's even bad in the beginning. And like the thing we always talked about is how good Ryan Reynolds was as... Uh, Wade Wilson Wade, in the beginning yeah. of that film. It's not that great. Wait, in Blade Trinity? <laughs> Good one. <laughs> no, and in, in, in Wolverine Origins. Like it's it's really bad. But I did I just rewatch I rewatched Logan and I've I we re- still haven't seen that one either. I really need to give that movie more love last year because it is really really well done it's it's really good i think i missed out putting that when we talked about our favorite comic book movies Mm -hmm. of last year that should have been like number two Hmm. i just love that in uh affinity war everybody's everybody complained in wonder wonder woman that everybody's battling at the end just a cgi big cgi monster and all infinity war is is about battling a big cgi monster well, all Avengers but, was was battling big CGI monsters. Like, that's yeah, that's the technically smoothies. every big summer <laughs> yeah. movie now. At the end, they're battling a giant CGI monster. Uh, I have a great segue for the last thing I had said oh, into the next thing. Okay, let's go back uh, to that. So we're going to go back to that. Uh, I should have given it more love. Mm-hmm. Logan would have been my number two. Speaking of number twos, we got some movie news from Warner Brothers. Oh. Where they're going to be making a new gods movie? Oh, because Thor Ragnarok did so well. They're like, hey, what do we have that's kind of like Kirby inspired? And they're like, guys, oh, we, we got an entire. We got a whole world of Kirby inspired works that we can pull from. All of the characters are Kirby. And they're like, oh, tell me more. And this news is coming out of uh, director Ava Duvernay. Duvernay. Um, yeah who is the director behind Selma, who is just doing A Wrinkle in Time now. And this is an, a director who... Um, Devonier. Did not... She said she passed on doing Black Panther. She passed on working in the Star Wars world. Um, but she is the director who chose to do this movie. My only thought process is they're going to do... The script is going to do this movie wrong. And... um 
Well, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I don't as know. As I put my dog out of the house. Okay. Uh, Chris, you and I, we, we, we probably have the same kind of level of New Gods fandom, which is like we've seen a couple uh, uh, episodes in Justice League uh, Unlimited. We've read them here or there in the comics. Like, what is the New God story that we'd want to see? Like, what's the origin there, story? There really isn't one. Like, and that's right. one of those things. Like, just one of those families of characters like the Legion of Superheroes that I just have no real affinity for. They just don't speak to me. Um, I'm okay with them popping up and stuff. I really do enjoy the Mr. Miracle book that DC's putting out. And you'll hear us talk more about that and Tom King later uh, when we get into our comic book creator craze but i i don't feel like i need to see a new gods movie when warner brothers is struggling to make a justice league movie that makes me want to go to the theater and see it it's out on dvd now i could buy it for 20 dollars. i looked at it the other day and was like no not yet like i'm gonna wait for it to go down in price Mm -hmm. they need to catch me that way before they can start throwing like new gods at me Marvel, Marvel won me over. I, I will go see an Ant-Man movie, you know? New Gods, to me, seems like it's the executives all in a boardroom meeting being like, all right, Thor Ragnarok did really well. That's Kirby-inspired. Everybody loves uh, Game of Thrones. What what has political intrigue that's Kirby ins- that has Kirby-esque visuals that we could do Game of Thrones-esque stuff in? Uh, oh, cool. Inhumans. <laughs> I mean, new, new gods. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's, they should take a look at Inhumans and see just how, how that worked out for Marvel, which is a company that's beating them in pretty much everything else almost. And they couldn't get it to work with Inhumans, so why the hell would you try with new gods? Because, because they are throwing everything they can to make this work. These are the guys that can't even – they can't even get a Flash movie made, and then they're doing Flash – their whole thing was making Flash, Flashpoint movie to reset the universe to explain why they have a different, uh, they have a different Batman. And Matt Reeves has already basically walked away mm-hmm. from doing that Batman movie. They've had three different Flash directors. Lords and Taylor said they're no longer doing that Nightwing movie. Uh, and um, they have so much trouble getting the stuff that they've already gotten booked up to make. Mm-hmm. That's what they need to focus on. They need to just completely shut down the camp and then re retool it and make all these movies individual. Because they're also saying that this new god is going to tie into their Marvel universe. It doesn't need to tie into or tie into their DC universe, mm-hmm. cinematic universe. It doesn't need that. Uh, to me, the story I'd want to see would be more of the Mr. Miracle side. And yes, that's because I've been enjoying this movie, but that's the, the fish out of water kind of story. The, the, the two leaders of these worlds exchanging babies that went growing up for a little bit in the pit, escaping, becoming Mr. Miracle on earth mm-hmm. and then having been drawn back into this war between the two and have that is what they always want to put into the love story, the love story between big Barda and, and Mr. Miracle, because mm-hmm. you can't have the hero be Orion. Orion's an asshole. And that's something yeah. that, mm-hmm. that I really realized this year with reading different Kirby stuff oh, that yeah. we've been getting because it's been his big anniversary. If year. Batman was to punch anybody in the first issue of any kind of series where there's a team up, Batman should punch Orion. Yeah. He's and then, and then Guy Gardner right after. And then, yeah, yeah. Be like, 
uh, yeah, it should be punch Orion, and then a guy would be like, hey, why did he do punch? I think there is a difference between the the 80s, the late 80s, early 90s Guy Gardner and the Guy Gardner we have of today. You know what that is? Being punched. Being punched by Batman. <laughs> Character change. So people complain about Superman Prime punching the continuity wall, but Batman punching Guy Gardner changed who Guy Gardner was. Like, that's what everybody says. That's, that's the denilation line right there. Yeah. Uh, my biggest fear is this: the, you, you, yes, you have a very good director directing this. I haven't seen *Wrinkle in Time*. *Selma* is an amazing movie. Uh, *Wrinkle in Time's not doing too well, though. But they're yeah. saying it's... I, actually, I looked at it earlier just out of curiosity because mm-hmm. we haven't really talked about *Wrinkle in Time* too much on the show. I don't think. Um, I grew up reading the books by Madeline Lingle, and I did want to see this movie, but I read those books so long ago that I'm not really like champing at the bit to see mm-hmm. see the movie but everything I've heard about this movie is just kind of like eh it's not great it's not bad but it's it's a movie that's there yeah. um, Ron Tomatoes right now it's sitting at a 40% is and that- I know people are like oh don't don't trust Ron Tomatoes I do it's an aggregate reviewer so they take all those reviews and they average them together. Like, sure, that might not be the best sign, but it's better than just going to like one review and saying like, okay, well, this review said it was great, so I'm going to believe them. The audience score on it was a 34. percent It's that's from people just like me that have gone to the movies to see it. I I don't feel the need to to track this one down. Like, this is one of those movies that when it pops up on Netflix, I might watch it. It's probably going to. Wind up being one of those things that I just put in the queue and then I get around to it eventually. But as reading the book, I think the book leaves a lot to, to you know, it, it, it doesn't lend itself well to feel a, a actual good story. When you're reading the book and you can leave it up to your own imagination, it's one thing. But also the book, you know, it all ends in like, oh, well, the solution is love. And it's like, is it though? You're talking about metaphys. You're talking about physics and science and hard science, and then, oh, it's the solution is love, which isn't. It just lets you down a little bit. I I remember I remember reading, I remember reading A Wrinkle in Time in elementary school. I don't remember too much. I don't remember anything really of the book. So I actually would watch the movie, hoping for it to jog memories. Where like mm-hmm. when. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe came out. That was something that I read in the same, probably in the same year that I absolutely loved, and that story stayed with me. And oh, wait, he, the BBC ser- series, right? Because I remember. Are you talking about the one I, that was? I'm made? talking about the the. I'm talking about the the Disney movie that they made, not the BBC. Okay, because I was reading the books when that BBC series yeah, we, was coming we out watched on PBS. It, yeah. We watched it, too, in class after we read the book. But the book, when I came home and said, hey, we're reading this book, I really like it, I think my dad was like, oh, well, we, have, we have the book series. And I went, huh? There's more? Mm-hmm. And we watched that movie, and then that summer I read the other books in that series. And I wasn't a reader. I, I actually had a, a bit of a reading disability oh. that I spent my own entire um, 
into my junior high going to special classes for. So for me to want to sit down and read the rest of those books in that series, it really meant something to to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Wrinkle in Time book series didn't didn't do that for me. Uh, I, I think bringing up our, the uh, C.S. Lewis, the language in the wardrobe Chronicles of Narnia, like that's kind of a good uh, mirror to A Wrinkle in Time because same thing. I grew up, I read all of those books. Like my mom bought me the box set. I enjoyed them all. I saw the BBC adaptions in school. I saw all those movies in the theater. I own all those movies on DVD. I've gone back and I've rewatched them. They're not the best movies ever, but they do a good job of adapting the story as much as you can um, without being too like religious overtony, heavy-handed. They're they're fun movies. I don't think I'm going to go see a wrinkle in time and walk out of it being like, "Wow, that was fun." I think I'm going to come out of it being like, "I wish that had been better." Mm-hmm. And as you guys were kind of discussing stuff, I was just perusing the like the top critic reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and everything was saying like. No, you just need to pay attention to the uh, characters in this. That's the best part of it. Everything else is just too bogged down with special effects and trying to be bigger than it needs to be. I'm just hoping it's better than the TV, the made-for-TV Disney Channel movie that came out that I watched a couple of years ago with Kate. I'm like, because Kate really loves a Wrinkle of Time book series. Like, she read all five books back when she was a kid. She's like, no. I understand, you know, physics and, you know, like folding space and everything because I read Wrinkle in Time and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. You know, because we were watching like a big think with uh, Michio Kaku and he was talking about. Oh, that guy's awesome. I love those. Yeah. And he's talking about, uh, you know, warping space, you know, space time. And she's like, oh, a Wrinkle in Time. And I'm like, what? And she mentioned it. I'm like, oh, right. That book. She's like, oh, no, no. I Yeah. Keep playing. Let's let's go with this. I understand. I'm like, all right, cool. So, you know, it gives you a good basis point for uh, quantum physics. You know, it's a good good starting off point, good baseline. And hopefully kids then, that see it. But then like, also, I mean, get into the, it. the books get like really religious-y too pretty quick, though. Yeah, because the solution is love, Chris. <clears throat> for whatever reason. It, that's all you need, then, as like, Beatles said. That's all you need. Christopher Eccleston played John Lennon in something. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Anyways, you guys have another beer you're drinking? Oh, yeah. We we went down to uh, down the street to East Aurora, not to Liverpool. And uh, we got True We all the Beatles. We all... <laughs> what was that movie? Just, Where it was... just review okay. the beer. Just, yeah, <laughs> let's not get sidetracked. But I kind of want to talk about that movie. Where it's uh, Jack Black. <laughs> Jack Black is one of the Beatles, and he's like, it was no. Dewey, uh, Dewey uh, Walker. Dewey, Dewey Cox. Cox story. Oh, yeah. Yes, from Liverpool. Yeah, but no, we are. The- <laughs> Paul Rudd's one of the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, he was- oh, Paul Rudd. No wonder I love that scene. Uh, not to get into a rut or in- too deep into the rud. Uh, this is True Line Indian Pale Ale from 42 North. Uh, John, you might remember. We made a solemn oath to try more local beers on this podcast. We did. And I have been delivering each and every month, I believe. Yeah, but I deliver on also all the great beers. (laughs) Uh, And here I am coming back. It's March. We had uh, Woodcock Brothers 6.5. Yeah, that that was was on you. That was me. Yep. 
Uh, here it is, March. It's my turn again, and I'm bringing us uh, True Line in Paleo. This is a IPA. I want to call it a New England style. They don't. Is, they're not. They're calling it an IPA. They're just calling it an IPA, and this is uh, a delicious IPA. Uh, they're using uh, Columbus Galaxy and Mosaic hops in this. It is like sweet candy right up front. Um, it's it's evened out very nicely. I thought it was going to be a lot maltier than it was. I like this better than Preemption. Oh, uh, yeah. I think the we drank the second batch of Preemption, which I think was the rushed batch, um, the way people spoke about the first batch of Preemption. True Lines, I think, is just a great drinking beer. Uh, it is tasty. Mm-hmm. It is um, piney. sweet, piney, resiny, uh, crushable. Only in the the six six percent. I've been slowing 6. myself. 6. I've been slowing myself down. We have been drinking this pretty. We've been drinking pretty quickly, but I think wrench is a lot more crushable. Oh, I think it's crushable. It's, it's a different beer. It's this is it's totally. This first is more beer West Coast. Beer. This this is more the IPAs that we that mm-hmm. was I our get favorites big malt on in the this past as well. See, I don't get I don't get super malt off. See, of See, this. this all the sweetness I think are coming from malt. Like it's not. It might be coming from the malt. I I I like the sweetness of it, mm-hmm. but I, it's not like that. It is a complete one eighty from what we just had with yeah, French. Yeah, it's totally different. Um, I think it's great. I really like it. It's I would good. I would drink more of it. I'm not saying it's bad, but. If you were looking for a, a really good solid IPA, not a double, but it's 6.6, so it's still high up there in ABV. Uh, this is, it's good. It's decent, but look for that more piney, resiny kind of IPA. It's, got, it's like a, it's like a, a sweet candy kind of taste to me. I don't get me. candy. I, I don't, I can't put my foot on what candy it is, so I can't say what it is, but it's like, um. It's like one of the ones I was rolling down. It's not a Jolly Rancher, right? It's not a Jolly Rancher. It's rolling around in your grandmother's purse. You're at church. She's just trying to shut you up, so she gives you a menthol candy. No. No? That's not it. <laughs> That's not it. Um, but you're saying, like, oh, just an IPA? It's No, it's a I would good take I-, I would take this over just about anything right now, wow. IPA-wise. Huh. What regular, quote-unquote, regular IPA? The fact that you and I have been yeah, yeah, yeah. diving deep into specialty IB- IPAs for the last This year. is a specialty. You can't get this but unless this you is, show up. This is a the... specialty IPA, but this is just a regular IPA. It's not going after that New England. I would still go with Smash Tag over at G- Old First Ward over this. And that's because it's more juicy than this. You know, I would still okay. want uh, I would want to go To me, that's another special that's a specialty IPA. Yeah, no, the Mash I'm Tag saying, is the one I'm that's on tap all the time. Into, you walk into a beer store be it a grocery store Sculpin. or a consumer's. I would still go Sculpin over this. When so, was the last time you had a Sculpin? A uh, regular Sculpin probably was less. What? I'm going to have this once, John. I, I'm just saying. Like, this is going, going to be released again. Okay. Uh, but I'm just saying, when was the last time you had a Sculpin? Last time we had a Sculpin? I don't know. When I had a regular Sculpin, but I had the pineapple I had last year. But it pineapple was probably had last year. That. They didn't make it last year. Pineapple. They had the other. No, I'm pretty sure fruit. they did because we had it when um, I came. I came down. We got it premiere. They had the pineapple sculpin. And then we had. And then I. You're like, oh, Paul. I like the regular sculpin better. And then I went out and got the regular sculpin. So 
whenever Chris was up last year plus a month. <laughs> last Which year was plus w- a month. was in April because you just posted about it on Facebook because you picked me up from uh, the yeah. airport we got. We got our donuts. So it was, uh, last April, it was the- that he's talking about two no, that was two, two years, years ago when he came oh, up was for it? St. Okay. Patrick's yeah. Day. My bad. That was last year. All right, so I have it once a year. Guess what? I might not ever have this again because it's a because I bought this Great. at a beer this, store this and they had a limit of one one four pack. Yeah, no, no, one can per person. And I'm like, oh, there's a limit. And he's like, and I already took two. He's like, never mind, it's okay. Uh, I think this is a good IPA. This is better. I think as good as anything that could be on your shelf at a regular basis. I would I would take this over just about anything if I saw this. But time. this is never going to be on a regular basis. I'm you know I'm just saying I because you were saying it's not as good as the other IPAs, right? That are also not available on a regular basis. I would take this more than probably half of what we had. I would take this over um, the. Uh, Particle City, I would take this over some of the other specialty stuff we had. I would take it. I think this is a great drinking IPA. Uh, Is Particle City going to be an all-the-time release? No. I would take Space Kitty more than this. Space Kitty was so hit or miss. We had so many bad versions of Space Kitty. See, I haven't yet, but I've been... I don't pick it up all the time, Like, but when I've picked it up, I've really enjoyed Space Kitty, and that is a widely released... Because you're putting that on me for some reason, even though this is a limited release beer. Uh, yeah, I would pick that up. I think this is a good beer. I No, I think it's good. I think it's a great beer. See, I don't think it's a great beer. I think it's a good beer. If I were to And get- that's all we're arguing about, Chris, so stop us at any time, please. <clears throat> okay, well then, get ready to lock up your sister and consecrate your grandmother's grave. Because Bad Larry's back in town, guys. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> I only got one beer to drink today, uh, but don't worry, I still have the Bad Larry's that I bought last week in my refrigerator. And just to jog your memory, this is Bad Larry's Cold Hard Coffee. I bought a four-pack of cans for $4 at my beer store. Uh, it's had a chance to sit. It's cool. It's <laughs> matured, but only in age, baby. Not in demeanor, because Bad Larry's still the worst. Um <laughs> It's not great. It's just really not great. Uh, I would say this is something that's better to drink a little bit warmer. That's when it tastes a little bit more like the uh, the double shot. Uh, after this is kind of cooled, it's just like a weird old coffee creamer taste. Um, I mean, it's still only $4, so it is what it is. But yeah. Bad Larry's. Bad Larry's. That's the thing. But you know what else is a thing? Comic books. The list. The comic books that we are looking forward to coming out March 21st, 2018. Chris, what are you looking forward to reading? Uh, I am looking forward to reading Runaways number 7 coming out from Marvel Comics written by Rainbow Rowell with art by Chris Anka. Uh, I'm I'm digging this series. I'm glad Runaways is back in a way that I can consume and enjoy, unlike the, the Hulu show, which I started to watch. I tried to get into it, but it just it paled in comparison to 
the way that I got to know all of these characters in the comics. Um, even some of their spinoff stuff that might not have been the best, I still had glimpses of those characters in it. And I'm getting those glimpses again here over in uh, Runaways. I'm, I'm looking forward to picking this one up. I have to read number six still. It's been sitting in my uh, my pull list for a little bit. But yeah, that's my pick. Paul, you, you probably have a book you're looking forward to reading. Yeah, as uh, either Fred or George said in uh, Harry Potter movie once the irish are getting their pride on uh i'm excited for because it was just saint patrick's day yesterday uh the why irish, are we friends with paul <laughs> it, the the irish telling the celtic uh gods hanging out with wonder woman and batman and brave and the bold Whoa, number two going number two yeah huh? i'm going i'm going for the second one it's a light no, i'm for surprised because we we read you know, number you one. You tilted your glass to pour your beer, and then my beer, you're just pour, you're just willy nilly pouring in the glass. Yeah, because yeah. you like more head than I do. I'm not a big. He, wa- he wants it to open person. up for you. Yeah. Not only did he uh, pour himself more, his last pour, he just poured it so that it splashed all over the table. Because you've never had a beer explode all over my table. Before. Yeah, but the, that's the beer's fault, not mine. Well, so, I'm sorry, everyone. I just had a yell at Paul. Hey, hey. So it's, still, not that, it's not hey, that easy. Pouring isn't. everybody's glasses is not, not that, that easy. easy. Yeah, I still have 300 episodes to get good at it. So let's I'm, calm down. All right? I'm just, I, got I, pretty, have to, I got pretty damn good oh, at it. Yeah, yeah. After 300 freaking episodes. So calm down there, John. I'm surprised you're picking this because we kind of panned this book when we had the issue number one for our monthly look back last month. Yeah, you you guys kind of uh, John really panned it on the Batman stuff. You weren't that enthralled by it, and I said, you know what? Though it's interesting to see Wonder Woman act hanging out with a different pantheon of gods, and I, there's stuff that Willie, uh, Liam Sharp is doing with those gods that make me interested in it, and it's and that's what's got me hooked, you know. And like I said, I think even in that uh, uh, monthly look back, I'm like, it's a limited series, like. I'm in. Like, I'll see where it goes as long as it's not, uh, it doesn't go, it's not going six issues, it's going four. Like, what am I going to do? John's even giving me shit about. He didn't clean the glasses properly either. Yeah. (laughs) This guy's just the worst at this. Yeah. Don't worry. I have 290 episodes left to learn. You should be good at it. You're a fucking beer drinker. Beer reviews for. Nine years on this show, I'll give you the first year because Scott was good enough to always have us those those little yeah, little, little glasses, glasses that yeah. disposable glasses. <laughs> Clean that glass properly. It's all I'm saying. <laughs> but I am looking forward to something we loved. Yeah, I don't care anymore because back. you're being a dick to me. Deathbed, so. <laughs> whatever. Deathbed number uh-huh. two. Who just recently died? The famed adventurer Stanley and well, love of life. the. Uh, lead character from Deathbed, whatever his name is. I'm a little buzzed. I'm not going to look it up because I don't care. <laughs> she just died. He's going to investigate. He's got his weird sash and diamond uh, mask on with his writer friend. Domino? Domino mask. Thank you. That's Welcome. the thing. Not a diamond mask. I was going to say, I didn't question diamond mask. <laughs> this book's insane, so it made sense to me. <laughs> but I'm looking forward John to. John is now po- instead I'm of looking throwing, forward to instead of throwing beats at me or whatever he was throwing. Now he's not just pointing. Every I was second. throwing, throwing date, dates. Throwing dates. Beats. I don't know what that means. I just think of like the 
Yeah, yeah. Vegetable. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to this book. We, I think we all loved it. Uh, I can't wait for it. Chris even said, after the fact, when I said I was picking this book, yeah. oh, it should have been on the bracket. It'll be on the bracket next year. Because Joshua... We need, to, we need to remember that. Joshua Williamson will be somebody who I will be watching from now on. The next book that he puts out, I will pick up. I, it, it, he's So far, he's nailed it for me that I've gone, oh, yeah, this guy knows what he's doing. He's written something else that we read. Was it the Haunted Mansion book? I, I think so. I think so that I was where up. we knew the name from. It was the yeah. Haunted Mansion, I believe. Hmm. Okay. Thank, thank you for confirming my uh, my thoughts. That was one hundred percent. No problem. And now, a dramatic reading from Hellboy in the BPRD, nineteen fifty-five. Burning season number one, page eight, panel. Six. What in the Sam Hill happened here? Still working that one out, Chief. And that was a dramatic reading from Hellboy in the BPRD 1955 Burning Season, number one, page eight, panel six. There's a Stegosaurus in that panel. <laughs> and I know we just had a beer review, but Paul and I are drinking another <laughs> beer. <laughs> Get right into it. Right into it. Yeah. Hey, can, we I, had can I finish John my is, bad Larry? Can no. I bad Larry and then make my we have a We have another beer. John you, is feeling feisty. I'm feisty. Apparently, he did I'm not yelling, eat that big I'm breakfast. I'm yelling today. He's, he's a lot of I'm all fired up. I had curry for breakfast. I'm out there. I'm going nuts. Crack today, guys. Get it. ready. And John, what beer are we drinking? This is a beer you brought. This is a collaboration beer between Barrier Brewing with uh, Other Half Brewery, hmm. Carton Brewing, and Interborough Spirits and Ales. This is a double dry hopped with Citra, Cashmere, Ohio, Idaho 17. Let me correct myself. Idaho 7 and Columbus. Hops? Hops. Okay. And this is an Indian pale ale. This is called Bet. Did so I say that? I'm no, not sure. No, you didn't say that yet. And this is just a regular Indian pale ale. This is just a regular IPA. This is good. It's nice. It's It has that little bit of citrus, but it still has a piney kind of aftertaste to it. Like an actual pine. 219. This is a month old. Uh, no, this is good. And it still is... It has a... Completely different color from the mm-hmm. IPA we just had. And when people say dank, smelling uh, like a dank like flavor, this has a dank smell. Um, but maybe I didn't rinse the glass out properly. You, did, you didn't. I, can I just say I? I had, heard you got yelled at for that. I did. I had um, the New Belgium rep for our area mm-hmm. came in with their um, hemp beer. When they popped the top, it smelled like somebody was smoking weed right next to you, <laughs> okay. and it tastes like weed. I know we're none of us are real. We're none of us are weed guys. Yeah, uh, but it was like it was insane. It was insane so much that somebody walked by and was like, it "Smells like weed," and it was just <laughs> it was just from the three sample glasses that were poured. Like huh. it was so pungent. Um, kind of crazy when he said dank. It just 
made me think of that. It's uh, it's going to be releasing two weeks before 420, but 420 is the big day that they're doing the push on it. And so it's like will... they're enjoy by date. Right? Almost like Stone did. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it will be uh, in bottles in May. Uh, it's called the Hemperor. <laughs> but they uh, they spent two years working on um, working on making it so it was FDA FDA approved. Hmm. Um, but Jeff Sessions does not approve. Does not approve. Nope. Uh, Attorney General, everybody. But yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, it it. So that's that beer, John. That's that beer. That's What's this, this beer? This beer. Bet. I already described it. it. Took me a while to do it. It's Bet, through, uh, which is a collaboration between all those di- interbang, or not interbang, interbrewer. Interbang. <laughs> interbang. Isn't there a brewery called Interbank? No. Mm-hmm. Interbrewer. Thing, but Interobang, uh, I think was a beer or something that we had. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So at least it's something. Uh, I don't know who else and other half. And this uh, brewery, and this is this has got a citrusness but a piney aftertaste, and I really enjoy this. I think it's a really this is different. This is a as different as I've had an IPA in a long time, like because it's a mix of the two. It's a mix of the two styles, and it's a, I think yeah. it's a perfect mix of the yeah. two styles. With doing the the double dry hopping with all of those hops, mm-hmm. gives it a different character. Um, holding up nicely, but yeah, it's completely different again. Shifting gears completely mm-hmm. different from the IPA we had before. I feel like it's middle of the road, the two that we've just had. Yeah, like I would say so. Man, I wish we had this in between the two, because mm-hmm. I think it would have been a good shift. Would you like to take a can home with you? No. Okay. Because I got I got two more wrenches at home, <laughs> and I really need to cut down on my drinking, because I got yeah. a half marathon to run I drink one on my I drink one on my own. I split one... Last week with everybody who was here. So you've had this before, actually. Uh, no, not last week, because last week I was on call, and I was skipping a lot. Soup party. Soup party? Okay, well, soup party. I was just drinking. Yeah. I don't um, remember. Much. So I have one can left of this. Uh, again, Paul and I split this. The first two we drank full cans of, um, just because we didn't want to get too silly like we did a couple uh, We've already ago. gotten too silly right now. Uh, but no, it. it's good. Main topic... That's going to head us into our main topic, which, as we said up at the top of the show, it's time for our annual March comic book creator craze, a bracket of Paul's building where we pit four creators from Marvel, DC, and any comics up against each other to find out who just our favorite creator of the past year has been. Uh, sometimes we come out of the surprise. So we got a, a pretty A-class list of people this year. Um, Paul, do you want to... Well, this is your baby. Is it my baby? It, I feel it's like definitely, we, it's a bracket, so that means it's a Paul. Oh, okay. yeah, it's a Paul baby. So here we are. We take four of our top writers from Marvel. We take four of our top writers from DC, and then we take four indie creators, and we kind of just split them up. Yeah, two I two. added what two years ago. Yeah, I yeah. added the indie guys. You did because you are the indie guy. And uh, last year, Jason Aaron won from uh, over at Marvel, and then over at DC, who won? Was it? Uh, BKV won, oh, won the whole. With the indie. He won the whole thing, and he won from the indies. He came out of the indie bracket, and out of nowhere to win the whole thing. Uh, got and it's kind of interesting because uh, Jason Aaron is the third seed over at Marvel this year uh, because Charles Soule 
you know, with his uh, stuff, the work that he just does a lot of work over at Marvel. One with the uh, Star Wars books, and then what was he doing over, you know, on Marvel proper that we were reading? I don't even remember. I don't remember. Uh, he was doing the Iron Fist book for oh. a while. <laughs> He's um, all over the place. Yeah, he's he a little bit of everything. He was on uh, the X Men book. I don't remember which one. But here we are. So we're going to start off over at Marvel where. No- the top seed is Charles Soule. And Should we go through everyone who's on the list before? Do you want to? I don't know. I think I feel like that's okay. something we've done in the past. I okay. feel like we should just let's just get into it. Just yeah. let's just get yeah. into it. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to ease on in. Like if you want to see who's on the bracket to start off, if you want to have a visual aid, I'm sure Chris has posted this picture that I sent to him on nope. the uh, on the. Uh, on the show notes. For this. You should... I, could, I could put it on there. Yeah. Could you put it on the show notes? Oh, great. I'll put it, I'll yes. put it in the show notes. Thank you. Put it on the show notes. It'll, uh, be, uh, it'll be the episode artwork. Mm-hmm. Mm. Even better. And we have, uh, so therefore, you now see, looking at the episode artwork, Charles Soule going up against Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, and I have to say that Charles Soule gets my vote just because... Brian Michael Bendis, man. I know he's jumping ship to DC. I'm interested to see what he does next month in April with uh, Action Comics number 1000. But I, I just don't care about what he works. But it does in his work. And Charles Soule, with his Star Wars work, has at least been interesting to me. And I'm like, I'll read those books. Eventually. You know who surprised me this year? Who? Brian Michael Bendis. Oh. Uh, I did not care really anything about... Spider-Man, written by him, uh, Miles Morales. I knew he existed. I've seen him in things. I've thought, oh, yeah, no, he's cool. Okay, whatever. Him this year with Chris having us read the Miles Morales uh, Spider-Man and the Spider-Men. New page here. Uh, It makes me want to go back and read more of what Brian Michael Bendis did with that character, because I think he really landed it. I was buying the Charles Soule Vader book. I read the first three, and I I dropped off of it. It just didn't keep up. It seemed a little long-winded. And um, I think, like we said off the top here, like we couldn't even remember what Charles Soule wrote this year. True. Chris. Well, well for me, I, I had Soule on my list for that Darth Vader book. And it all just came back from when I was actually working at the Star Wars Celebration. And the head of like Lucasfilm Publishing came through my register line, and I was just talking to him about how I love all the Star Wars books. And then he was like, yeah, you know what? We've got Charles Soule doing a Darth Vader book that I can't believe we haven't touched on yet. And I was just like, I I want to read that. Like, I can't wait. Um, and it, for me, it doesn't matter what else he's written at marvel really because he's one of those creators that i can kind of like weave in and out of like i really do enjoy his work but i don't have to follow everything he does and that's the same way as bendis bendis writes a lot of comic books but it's when he jumps onto a character or someone that he's created like uh, spider-man with miles morales that once i start reading it for crossovers reasons or number one whatever it is i'm engrossed in that um it's the same way I am with pretty much any Spider-Man book. If they do a crossover, you got me. I'm hooked on it. And then I always read the spinoffs from it for a little while until I'm like, okay, I 
can't keep buying five Spider-Man books. But I, I really enjoy that Darth Vader book. Um, I am looking forward to seeing what Bendis does over at DC, just based off of his pedigree at Marvel. But I'm not a big Superman fan. Like, I'll read that book because it's going to be something that's worth talking about. Soul on Darth Vader, though. Yeah, I, I'm digging that book. How how many of those have you I've read the first. Read? Well, I haven't bought them because I don't buy comic books that often anymore, but I've read the first three, and I will continue to read it. And how much of the Miles Morales Spider-Man with Sarah Pacelli did you buy? Uh, I think I bought six of those and then it started to do a crossover for civil war two and then i dropped off of it john same questions uh i read those six that chris had bought and then i was going to wait for the rest in trade to keep picking up and i I, chris read my three because i totally dropped off the book it was to me it got boring after issue two it just was like oh this book's taking way too long I don't know. See, I'm I'm okay with like the serialized storytelling. I I want to continue reading that, and whether I buy more this week or I wait until they do another like deep discount Marvel sale, I I'm there. I will be picking up the rest of this Darth Vader series and like the rest of the Star Wars stuff in due time. Um, so, like I said, like the pre-show stuff. Yeah, you know what? I'll. I'll check out the rest of that Spider-Man stuff eventually, but it's going to be just in a block when I don't have anything else to read because that's how I bought the rest of the uh, the Silk series because I had like an off week where there was nothing else coming out that I really wanted to get. So I was like, okay, you know what? They're cheap enough now. I'm going to go buy a big chunk of Spider-Man or a big chunk of Silk books. I'll do the same thing for Spider-Man with Miles Morales, but I'll, I'll do that for Darth Vader first. So Soul's my pick. So there it is. Souls moves on and earns and buy for the next roundup. Next round. Sorry, John. No, that's fine. I, listen, want- I already, I, before you even, as soon as you started talking, I just wrote soul down on the brain because <laughs> I knew I'd. Uh, do we want to hop over to the number one seat on DC? Well, yeah, why not? Tom King versus Sam Humphreys. Uh, John, you're a big Tom King fan. And Chris, you're a big Sam Humphreys fan. Or you guys have these? Here are the two people that brought them to the bracket. So I'll let you guys. Uh, I think last year, last year we all said that Tom King did an amazing job with his, uh, um, uh, with his uh, vision, vision, vision book. And I have to say, this year his run on um, Mister Miracle is probably the the best run of the year. I think he's the best writer of the year with what he's done with Mr. Miracle. Mm-hmm. It's an incredibly different take on those characters. It leaves you guessing. And it's the book that I can't wait to pick up month to month. And uh, I, I just don't know how you can contend with that and what he's doing over on Mr. Miracle. No, and it's, it's a big battle because you really can't fight against that because yeah, Tom King's great. He was one of the, first people that i had written down for my dc side of the bracket chris I can really... i just jump in here and give the one link the weak link in tom king's arsenal swamp thing swamp thing and also date night batman the single issue that came out where it was lois lane superman batman and catwoman going out for a date 
to a carnival where they had to dress up. So Lois Lane dressed up as Catwoman. Batman dressed it up like Superman. And it was just an awful book. And that was written by Tom King. I don't remember. I didn't read that one. I own it. You guys should. You shouldn't read it. But then again, you should read it because it is a freaking train wreck of a book. I think jokes. I'm sorry, Chris, to jump in there. but No, it's okay. Jokes and Riddles, his Swamp Thing Batman story that came mm-hmm. out this year, and Mr. Miracle, I think, are top-notch. Everybody's going to have a flop. I mean, He Jeff, has a few flops going on. I, I think everybody, I think everybody and as does. The, as the person that is like the most... You're the tiebreaker. If Yeah, in this, in this one. I wanted to throw that out there since Chris was saying, you know, how can you compete? I'm I like, think well, here it is. His Swamp Thing annual that I spent $7.99 on... I, I wish I had just taken money and just thrown it in a gutter and not read it. I will you, say that. You told us not to read it. And yeah. I'm like, I, I'm interested. And you're like, no, Paul. Just don't, don't read don't. it. Don't do it. So there's that. So, Chris, I'm no, sorry. I mean, Go ahead. I, I, no, it's fine. Because I guess you can say Sam Humphreys is consistent. He's been on Green Lanterns for a while now. Uh, he was originally on the Hell Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps book. And then him and Robert Venditti kind of flip-flopped books. He does a great job writing the characters of Simon Baz and uh, Jessica Cruz. I, I care about them. I'm in it for those two characters and just seeing what these two kind of little bit more rookie lanterns are going up against. Because they're running into threats that have been known in the DC universe for some time. But they don't know the ins and outs of that yet. I There was an issue, I don't remember which number it was now, but... It was them basically finally getting to go to Oa, and then they get their Green Lantern trainings from, uh, oh my gosh. Not even John Kilowog? Stu- John Stewart. Oh. Uh, no, John Stewart and Kyle Rayner. Like, they get kind of like split up, and they're like, all right, now boot camp time. Here you go. And I love just seeing them interact with those more veteran Lanterns, and then just the lessons that they learn, and how you know the Lanterns that I know and love came out of that Seeing like, yeah, you know, these kids are going to do good. All that said, though, I, I have to say Tom King, though, because he's taken a character and an entire <clears throat> world of characters with the new gods that I never really cared about and made them be something that I want to read more of. Green Lanterns is always going to be something that I'm buying. I, I've constantly bought Green Lantern books since I got back into comics in, like, 2000. So, yeah, like... Green Lanterns is always going to be on my pull list. It's weird to have something like Mr. Miracle be a go-to book for me, though, let alone one of my favorite books of last year. <laughs> this year? Well, yeah, I guess this year, but we picked it last year for uh, one of our favorite books with right. our 2017 look back. Right, but it's still coming out, and for March Madness, we go, or I'm sorry, Comic Book Creator Craze, we go from February to March. So it's it's current. It's current, and it's coming out. John just picked it for the list. That's true. Uh, so, yeah. So, Tom King moves on, and I will also vote, because John kept on pushing uh, Mr. Miracle, and I'm like, yeah, I read the first one, and I don't like it because the issues of, like, uh, suicide, and I, I don't like anything that promotes suicide. It's it's just a thing for me. It's a trigger for me. It is. And uh, that's why I will never... I watched the movie uh, with Will Smith, Six Pounds, and I'm like, I hate that movie. And Kate's like, why? And I'm like, well, because it kind of promotes suicide, and I don't like that. And I felt like the first issue of Mr. Miracle did that, and Kate's, 
And uh, John's like, no, it moves so far beyond it. It's not about that at all. And I read the next issues, like five issues on the plane to go visit you, Chris. And I'm like, okay, yep, I'm in. But then again, it does play into that trope that I will always buy into, which is the Hawkeye talking to Black uh, Widow about how to redo a room in the house when they retire while a bunch of action's going on. You know that scene in Age of Ultron when he's driving around with Black Widow? Oh, and he's like, oh, we're thinking about knocking out that wall. And what happens in uh, Mr. Miracle? They're talking about expanding the the bed, uh, shrinking up their bedroom, shrinking up the living room to make another bedroom because they're going to have a kid soon. And that's, and that, you know, that whole DIY, uh, TLC, HGTV, like, scene, like, just made it for me. I'm like, yeah. We have too much stuff. We should get rid of our stuff. And I'm like, all right. I'm okay, uh, Paul, I'm sorry. I'm going to disagree with you about this double date book or date night, whatever it's mm-hmm. called. Because I'm just kind of like flipping through it. And there's the scene of like Selena Kyle and Lois Lane like dipping off while the boys are like in the batting cages. And like they're sharing a flask. I I kind of dig this. <laughs> okay. You can kind of. I don't know. Like, I, it just yeah. didn't hit for me. It just like it felt. Like, it was trying to be that book instead of just being that book, you know? And, well, I just I think it's funny that you have, you know, Superman in costume as Batman, but he's still wearing his glasses over the cowl. I mean, that's... It's it's funny. It's a, it's a charming book. And I do like the fact that you see these two characters just talking about their lives mm-hmm. together because they are friends. And this isn't something that you normally get because a lot of the comic books that they appear in they're trying to, you know, focus on something, and then they might have those snide comments that they make back and forth, like, fear's your thing. Like, you're all about hope, but there's no I mean, hope you, in Gotham. There's these, only these fear. Are two guys, these are two guys off the clock. Mm-hmm. So Tom yeah, King I, even I, gets to your second Tom vote. Tom King, like, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Continue, yep, continue, though. Yep, so Tom King moves on. Uh, guess what? Both Charles Soule and Tom King now earn a buy for their for the next round. Uh, so that means whoever we pick here in over on the Marvel side and DC side will go up against the winner of the independent side. And so, that is going to be Mark Wade versus Jason Aaron over on the Marvel side. I I have to give it to Wade. It's uh, the character that. I don't know if you guys have been listening, but I've been talking about Mark Wade's Captain America before it, it even launched. Uh, him and Chris Somney doing a great job at Captain America. Um, if Paul was in the room and not going to take a wee, he would talk <laughs> about uh, Mark Wade's uh, book that he buys, which is the um, it's a redheaded guy, Archie. He's been reading the Archie book. He still reads it. Uh, it's he says it lost a little bit of its luster, but he still enjoys reading the the day to day lives of these teenage characters that Mark Wade can uh, continuously nail. I think Jason yeah, and- Aaron is great. I think Jason Aaron's on this list because he's been on the list for the last couple of years. But I but haven't also at, at previous times on this like he was the number one seed for Marvel. Like he was our like our go to yeah Marvel writer, you know and. I can't say I've always been a big fan of his kind of more indie stuff, um, like Southern Bastards. I don't need, like I know we read the first issue. I don't know if anyone even bothered to pick up more. 
I think I um, bought the trade. The trade was super the, cheap, so I bought it. The Moonshine book or Moonlight? Uh, Moonshine was um, what's is that? Azarello. Azarello. Okay. I couldn't. It's very in vain with what Jason Aaron does, so I couldn't remember. Um, I don't know. I I do enjoy me some Jason Aaron though. Even when we were reading Doctor Strange, that was a a great fun book, and I'm sorry that's one that I fell off of because I kind of wanted to get back to it. Uh, and I can say the same thing for Mark Wade because I stopped buying Champions, even though I was in it to win it on that book. I really enjoyed everything that I had read in it. Uh, this is kind of a tough one for me. I think I'm going to wind up being the tiebreaker between uh, what you guys pick. Because I'm Wade. Okay. I I kind of have to go Wade with Archie because it's a, it's a book that's not surprising. It just keeps on doing what it's been doing for the past three years. But so is Jason Aaron's Mighty Thor. Like, from the get-go of Mighty Thor, after that first, like, oh, who is it? As soon as you learn that it's Jane Foster and she's dying of cancer, you realize that this character will die. And she will make have to make a sacrifice of herself as the Mighty Thor. It's been good. It's been a great run. They did the... Uh, he also did... What was the other Thor that came out where it was Volstagg oh, as uh, Thor? Well, the, they, uh, was that the was Unworthy the, Thor? The Unworthy Thor. Thor the and, yeah. the miniseries that he did. Mm-hmm. Volstagg ends up having the hammer? Yeah, for a second or two. Like, just during that miniseries. Like, it's just He, he brought back Beta Ray Bill, though. It's glad to see him. Uh, but Mark Wade, I, I enjoy... That and I really enjoyed him coming to that small town. Captain America coming to that small town, being like, "Oh, it's Captain America Day," and him being like, "Eh, well, I'm here. I'll see what's happening." And oh, here comes the stupid skinheads again. I mean, Hydra again with their tiki torches and just being stupid assholes. And I'm gonna beat them up and save this town one more time. That was a lot of fun. Mark Wade gets to the heart of characters that I really enjoy. And that's why my vote's going to go to Mark Wade. You missed the Swordsman in issue two and Craven oh. the Hunter in issue three, Paul. They're all fun. I won't miss it. Issue four was a little bit of a Because I will read them eventually at one point when I'm retired and I can just soak up all the comic book goodness. Considering that you're, you're yeah. pretty much in the same I'm 30, point. I'm we, 30 years away from that, so yeah. Well, that and we, we probably were busier reading more comic books because we've all gotten a little we've gotten there more some... single-minded in our comic books and really picking the things that really hit with us there's something about going to an actual comic book store and reading comics like at stoplights <laughs> dangerous <laughs> and you shouldn't do it but it happened we all did you it. Do it we all did yeah. it and like had them like physically and we're like well before i put them away i gotta read them now it's like download and you're like it's already put away <laughs> like yeah you know what i mean like there's something about that i've been i've been the last month in a reading craze oh cool and one of the things was as i was downloading a bunch of books that i bought i started reading velvet read the first entire volume of velvet then bought volume two of velvet mm-hmm well, that was downloading, started reading other books until it was like, boop, you have it, then read that. And only because I was like, oh, I just, I bought comic books and I bought the second volume. I can't buy volume three yet. Mm-hmm. I would have read the entire thing in one night. 
I like buying digitally. I don't like who I am as a reader digitally. I started True. making I'm a sure better my com- tablet. I tried to make sure my tablet is plugged in because I get, I like reading it the full page mm-hmm. versus I read most of my books on my phone where I'm reading panel to panel to panel to panel. Right. And the reading on my tablet, and I have a larger size tablet, so I can really mm-hmm. I bought it so I can enjoy the panels. I really enjoy reading my books on that as if it's reading the page. And I I drive. There's a comic book shop less than a mile away from my house that I drive by that I'm always like. Oh man, I should start stopping in there. But the problem is, what do I do with all those books? Right. When when Chris and I had an apartment together, it was just fucking comic books. I had stacks. <laughs> I had stacks everywhere. Yeah, stacks on stacks on stacks on stacks. But the thing that I was the first one to That's go thing, digital right? because it was just that thing of like, where do I where do I put these? Mm-hmm. We're in a tiny apartment. Where do I put all these comic books? I lived books? in that apartment. I know that apartment. So, yeah, yes, and you, I can. But you had an entire nerd room. I had a nerd room. You had a total room to yourself, and it was just like yeah, what? I had all my my long boxes in the the closet just because I had so many of them. And mine were. St- I think I I stacked mine um, in the basement, like when we had kind of a area oh. for our basement to I storage. Never, I never got that. Um, maybe or maybe I have them stacked up there. I don't remember. It was years ago. So we're talking Wade is uh, Wade is the winner. But yeah, it's gonna, yep. it's going to be Wade moving on, and I honestly, like I said, I would probably wind up being the tiebreaker between the two of you. I didn't expect Paul to go with Wade too, um, but just hearing everyone talk, Wade Wade would have been my pick. All right, this is a more and Paul. I'm sorry, but just to continue to harp on you about this book, you have a scene of Batman and Superman dressed as each other eating ice cream. Yes. And then Batman saying, like, just kind of reminiscing about his past and how he's engaged now to Catwoman. Yep. I don't know how this is supposed to work. I've got no model for any of this. I'm in the dark. And then Superman saying to him, eating vanilla ice cream with his glasses on, dressed as Batman. So you're in the dark. I was in the dark, too. But remember, you do all right in the dark. Yeah. This, this is a, a great character book. Is it? Or is and, it and ham-fisted? Then, it, no, it, it's it's not I, the way he just described not it did not feel ham-fisted. Like, I, I read it, made, it and it was ham-fisted. It made me go because it, oh, no, because it's this. you guys can you basically have like uh, Clark and Bruce having a conversation eating ice cream while you also have Lois and Selena eating ice cream, but their conversations are kind of yeah cut across the panels. So you're reading one side, then you get the Lois side, then you get Bruce's side, and then you get like Clark's side. I think this is really well done, Paul. I think it's. W- I think you need. To, I think you need to go back and reread this. No, because the thing is, and it ends with them playing baseball. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. The thing what is, a also, statement to make. This is also the Superman that is not the Superman of this world, but he's also talking about how he's been in the background and watching the Superman of that world like pass and like him having to step up and become Superman again. Like it's so tied down in, into the bog of what's happening in DC that I didn't really enjoy, and I don't know. I, it just for whatever reason I felt this was coming across as very hamfisted, and you're saying no, it's hitting you. It yeah, it fell on a dead soul apparently when I read it. <laughs> it you know, it just was one of those moments where I'm like, John, John, you'll be the tiebreaker for this book. Go, uh, go I'm, check. I'm, I'm, I'm will down, check it out. I'm going to download it right now, but. Uh, 
A- anyway, so we're, we're going to jump over to the next yep. side of the bracket. Yeah, ra- Robert Venditti. Yeah, and, Robert uh, Venditti, James Tinian IV. Uh, Robert Venditti heading up the Hell Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps book now. Uh, Tinian kind of handling the Elder Statesman of the Batman books with Detective Comics. Um, both people I had on my list. I know someone else had Venditti on theirs. I don't know if Tinian was. Tinian and Venditti were... I think Venditti they were was on, on both of mine. They okay. were both on yours. Uh, you know, with Venditti and your excitement for the Green Lantern Corps again, Chris, it makes me want to read Van, uh, Green Lantern again. It makes me want to jump in full bore, deep end, and just get into that series. Mm. Uh, Hell Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps is what we loved about Jeff John's run <laughs> with that book. And if Venditti was teamed against anyone else, I would move him forward. I really, really love Detective Comics. Yeah. The team together, they've put how Tinian... Tinian has been working his entire career since we've been reading him since... Um, Scott Snyder's been cramming him down our throat. <laughs> He's been being formed to write this book. And if Batman's in general, then but the book is the is book the... isn't about Batman as a general. It's huh. about the people who are on this team, and they're being over. They're being overseen by Batwoman, but it's not Batwoman's book. It is those characters within that book's. It's their book, and I think that's what really nails it is the way he works those characters to the way we used to love Tim Drake and the spoiler and the Robin book. He's nailed it. He's brought those characters back, and I recently just downloaded them all, and and again, like I said about Velvet, like I read five issues in a row, and then when I saw that Chris has a little bit of gaps... In his yeah. what he's downloaded, I'm like, well, should I just buy these here's, to read them? Here's the thing: the the gaps that I have are like it's a Batwoman arc, which was only like two issues, and then the gap previous to that was because it was crossing over with all the other Batman books when they had like the monsters attack or whatever that crossover was called. Um, so they're really not necessary to the story. So those ones, I was like, eh, I'm gonna save that like three dollars on it, and. Sorry, what? No, go keep going. I, I w- oh, sorry. I actually had my uh, mouth open to say something, but I didn't say anything. So you yeah, just I, I heard you do. I heard you do the like <gasps> like you were about to yeah. say something. Uh, so sorry about that. No, but, you're fine. Uh, I feel like everything else that I have is just that's what the story hinges on, and I'm loving that everyone does have their time to shine in this book. The big hook for me with Detective Comics was like, oh, like this is a great team of characters that I'm not seeing anywhere else. But I bought all their solo books over the year. Like, this is going to be my Batman book now. And then even the stuff that he's been doing with Clayface has been fantastic. Uh, And then culminating with Tim Drake coming back and then future Tim Drake as Batman revealing like, hey, no, this was never my plan, but I have to do this to come back, save you, and then stop Batwoman because she's she's going to ruin everything. Like you have to take her out now. As that, this is this is great. As much as I enjoyed Vendetti bringing back 
the Green Lantern Corps to being a book that I love to read. And I mm-hmm. do love reading his book because it is what I loved about Green Lantern. What Tinian has done with Detective Comics is what for years I loved reading about Batman, even just Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, the Bat family. This book solidifies and how he treats the characters. It's what Scott Snyder has been training him to do for years. He's the Tim Drake. Tinian is the Tim Drake. <laughs> and Not t- the Damien. And the art on the book is great. And not to say that the Green Lantern book isn't great, but there is something even more so about Tinian's detective that feels like home. Yeah. Then Vendetti's Green Lantern feels like home. Mm. And Vendetti, it is, he's been training too. Like he had all of, you know, he's had years of reading, writing Green Lantern that I haven't been interested in. And now what he's doing is nailing it. But there's something so good about Tinian's detectives. And I have, and it's Paul Dini-esque. It's, it's that Batman adventures, like the love I have for the bat family. Somehow he makes me feel that even more. So Tinian is no longer asking who owls. He stepped through the gates of Gotham. Gotham. Scott Snyder. That's a good one. No, no, because those are two things that he co-wrote. That was the series they worked on. Yeah, yeah. And he... Uh, No, like, I... The proper like, Like, now we have Batwing appearing in the book, too. Like, Asriel's still kicking around. But they're referencing stuff that's happened in those other books. But it still, like, feels fresh. Like, but just hearkening back to it. Like, this is... This is my Batman book now. I've always wanted a Bat Family book coming out regularly, and I'm getting it. And granted, like Tom King's Batman, like everything that I've read recently has been fantastic, but it's not like a go-to book for me because I've already got Detective Comics, and it's delivering me all the characters I care about, not just Batman. So I but, thought we already agreed it was Tinian the the fourth. Yeah, we did. It's okay. just. Selling it even more because Paul, I think you really need to go like check it out. No, no, I uh, just went on Kickstarter and backed uh, Gotham City uh, Batman Gotham City Chronicles, which is a board game that basically has everybody in the Bat family that you guys just listed as playable characters. Hey, cool! I just kickstarted. It's way st- too stupid of a price. It's a Gloomhaven amount of money. Oh, that is dumb. Yeah. But I was just. Thinking, but I've been drinking. If it is, if it is, <laughs> I, I was just thinking if they did Gloomhaven as a Bat Family book. Yeah, that's that's what's. Is that what that's supposed yeah, to be? Yeah, that's because it then is. it'll be great. Because I was just thinking. But that except you don't need to level up. You just play a scenario, and you play a scenario. You can play like, just play it. Because I was just thinking, man, if they did Gloomhaven as oh, a it's Bat David Family Finch book, cover artwork though. On it'd the, be great. The box top. Say so what? Yeah, it's, it's David Finch cover art. It's David Finch, yeah, but also, but the models are sculpted after, like with the stretch goals. It's like Long Halloween. It's like the Year One. It's Dark Knight Returns. You can play with a bunch of different of the miniatures. So. Uh, I just, I only did base level. I did not do the so like one hundred and forty dollars. Yeah, Gloomhaven level. Wow, packing. Uh, I spent fourteen dollars to kickstart Steve Get- Ditko's. Uh, Blue Beetle book, and I'm really happy about that for everything I get for that $14. Mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot of miniatures. 
and a game. So get I ready will, to play that game. I will play game that game with you. Yeah. I'll, I'll play it too. You got to wait for me to get there. Uh, well, it's not going to come out until like next year. So don't worry. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, just, yeah. just saying. My Ditko I, book I, will be in June. Yeah. I'm just looking at all these other pieces now. Mm-hmm. It looks good, doesn't it, Chris? It does, yeah. Well, it what? doesn't look $140 worth it, but it's drunk one hundred forty dollars it's worth it <laughs> i i am glad that i added oh, like, two I like extra the, beers to this thing so i can but play then the it. stretch goals like oh, yeah. the other pieces you get it's like looks like uh red hood yep damien wayne I'm getting that yep, yep. dark knight batman i'm hoping I think that's supposed to be orphan yes it is you get like the year zero batman yep. he's got like something like he's got the purple gloves on. and the short sleeve shirt yep uh harvey bullock mm-hmm. batwoman yeah, it looks. Oh, uh, what's your name? Bluebird. Yep. Two. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Do you want to have? Uh, I dig it. Woodcock six point five, and my wife order us a pizza. And that would be nice. Okay. Uh, but so, do you want to do the the next uh, batch of brackets, or do you want to talk about next drink? Let's talk about our next drink because I finished. John mine. just finished it. Uh, gotcha. We just finished. Secure the bag. This is also from Barry Brewing Company, and this is 7.4 alcohol by volume, and this is another Indian Pale Ale, which I'm enjoying more than the last one. This is a collab with Other Half Brewery. Is it? Oh, yep, brewed in collaboration with our friends, Other Half. Um, I don't know if we've actually had Other Half on the show. It's something that I've had and that we've drank, and it's... That's a big sprang, right, this Other Half? Other half, remember when we did games and we did five of their beers and I charged you $12 to play board games with me? Yes, no. That's <laughs> so when we played uh, Photosynthesis, all those amazing beers. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've had other half on this brewery. I could check the show notes, but I don't have those in front of me right now, which I mm-hmm. just moved my phone away from me. to. Other look. half, I, I did enjoy. It was the other one with the big sprang and the other We've, I th- we might have had them. Other Chris, half. Chris had it because I remember I was sitting around. Yeah, we had that one because it was in the big white cans, right? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Congress uh, Street no. and. No, that is um, Trillium. Trillium. Trillium That's is the trillium. one that I wasn't a big fan of. Other half are amazing. Other half are uh, amazingly killer beers. The problem I have with other half is they're all amazing, but they all kind of taste the same. This one tastes a lot different from the last one we had. This is a smooth drinking, like, poundable drink, even though it's 7.4. 7.4. Other half... Why I said yes, order us a pizza. uh, Other half is just the creme de la creme. They are kind of the top tier on delivering... Those um, we we did have them on the show. We had those uh, the the oat the we had that chili the chili stout which I gave Chris a can of. Um, but we had the the oat IPA. We've had some crazy mm. beers from them. Um, they make insanely crushable, creamy IPAs, and with them. This time working with Barrier versus working with Interborough and Carton Brewing, this beer is more on their line. It probably is a little on the lower side of what they normally do, 
but this beer is delicious. It's super crushable. It's uh, just absolutely like delicious. It holds up versus drinking Wrench, uh, 42 North, Interboro, uh, the Bet, and then this. It still it delivers that really creamy, crushable beer. It's a creamy, crushable beer. Wrench is still better. Oh, Wrench is totally better. Oh, yeah, okay. I would take Wrench over every other other half of beer I've had. I think Wrench delivers exactly what I specifically want from a New England beer. This comes, from what we've had today, close mm-hmm. second to what I want in a New England-style beer. This is still more piney, more resiny than what I would think is a New England-style. New England-style, I think, straight-up juice. Just citrus... Pineapple, passion fruit. This has a little bit more of that resiny aftertaste. Uh, it's good if you like more West Coasty style, creamy, creamy West Coast. Yeah, secure the bag with brewer, uh, Barrier Brewing. It's not going to steer you wrong. Uh, but if you're more of an East Coast person, then uh, just wait, hold your money, get some wrench, feel happy. Right, Chris? Yeah, you're drinking a cocktail. I guess I don't. I don't know. I haven't had any of those. Uh, uh, but what I am drinking is a cocktail of my own creation. I didn't invent it, but I made the cocktail myself. Uh, this is just a Bloody Mary. Hmm. I've always loved drinking the V8 spicy hot. Yes, I just love spicy things, and I love tomato juice. So those two things together, bam, make sense. Uh, I've always just bought the bottles of the spicy hot to drink because it's delicious. Mm-hmm. And then last week, I was finally just like, you know what? I can I can put alcohol into this. That's a completely like normal and sensible thing, thing to, to do. do. Like yeah. people do this for breakfast, and why not? So last time I bought beer, uh, well, not last time, the time before that, because I bought the Bad Larrys. Uh, I also just bought myself a bottle of whiskey and then a cheap bottle of vodka because I'm not a vodka person. It's just something that bartenders put in drinks to make it alcoholic for me so yep. i have no preference for one brand or anything over something else uh, so i literally just bought like the cheapest plastic bottle of vodka that i could get and it was like seven dollars i was like yeah it looks like it's enough to make a few bloody marys with um and then i had some leftover worcestershire sauce from making dinner like a couple months ago so i was like that's everything i need i got it mm-hmm. uh I use the Leah and Perrin's Worcestershire sauce. Uh, all my glasses are pint glasses, so my recipe, if you want to make this yourself, why wouldn't you? I just do like two fingers of vodka in the pint glass, then enough Worcestershire sauce to turn it a nice auburn color, and then I just fill that glass up with the V8 Spicy Hot. It's good. Mm-hmm. Sounds I, I don't good. do actual measurements for anything uh, because... That's too sciencey, and I can't do science anymore. Out of respect for Stephen Hawking, who died on Pi Day, March fourteenth. Mm-hmm. I forgot to mention that up at the uh, top of the show. Uh, but yeah, Bloody Mary sounds the good. Juice that if you drink enough of it gets you drunk. I do love a good Bloody Mary. Kate and I were, and I do have to say a bunch of them. My my favorite Bloody Mary though is from Cowfish at Universal City Walk. It's a decent Bloody Mary, but then they also put a meat straw in it, which is basically just deliciousness a big slim jim that's been hollowed out to use it as a straw and then they top it with pickled okra 
a pickle, a cherry tomato, and then a slider burger. Uh, can I just Plus, interject here real quick and say John you just may, poured a beer, and he poured me less than what he poured, and he gave me Did a bunch of Did he just dump shit. it out? Nope, nope. Look at that. Uh, yeah, that is a... You are... Take a picture of that. That's fucking even, dude. You just have a bigger head. <laughs> oh, okay. Better beer pourer than you. Okay, well, here. I'm not going to give you any photo evidence. Get out of here with that shit. But it's perfect. And that was Drunk John pouring that. Boom. Chris, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I hate That's okay. I'm done. Paul. But but what does is, what is Drunk John think of our next bracket uh, matchup, which is Roberto Aguirre Sacasa up against the team of Mike Mignola and Chris Robertson over at uh, EPRD? This is actually both. It's a team book. So it is uh, Sarcasa and uh, Thierryer. Terrier, yep. Terrier versus... Oh, fr- uh, Frank Thierry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thierry, there we go. Mike Manola and Robertson. This this is... Paul brought this team, and I brought the other team. So this is this is Paul versus John yeah. here. Uh, I have been a Hellboy fan since I got back into comics in 2001. It was a character that I'd always seen popping up different places reading wizard magazine or this or that it wasn't a character i wrote i read until like 2001 i picked up the trades i picked up um the wake which was actually came out in individual books which was the end of hellboy till it was resurrected with uh mike manola years later this book is fun uh right now he is writing with chris robinson Hellboy and the BPRD 1955 and they are just doing fun vignettes. They're doing Hellboy basically versus the thing. Hellboy doing this. Hellboy uh, fighting this creature and they're one or two issues they're quick little stories and every single one of them is fun. The, The book that I made Chris do a dramatic reading from is a bunch of like dinosaur statues that are in a park coming to life, killing people. And then the end Hellboy fights a fire demon (laughs) and it's just crazy, crazy fun. It's what I loved about Hellboy back in the day when it was those collected issues of basically one or two issues of Hellboy fighting this Hellboy bringing this character into this. This is him doing that at the end of at the end of uh, the um, the book that I had Chris read, it's Professor uh, Bloom, whatever the sidekick is, and Hellboy sitting in a diner with Hellboy who's had all his clothes burned off, wearing like Palm Springs rules t-shirt, eating pancakes. Like yeah. it captures the fun of Hellboy, and they're just month to month fun reads, and that's. What I love about Mike Manol's reading are just these really fun reads that tie into Supernatural. Oh, talking about the Supernatural, we have uh, Roberto Angulares-Sacarasa. Uh, hey, if Frank you can't say Thierry. his name, you can't vote for him. Uh, <laughs> if that was a rule, then you wouldn't be able to vote for anyone. Whoa! Yeah, this is Afterlife with Whoa. Archie's. This is the Afterlife with Archie series. Something that I brought to the table during an odd episode. And uh, Jen and I, we really enjoyed. Then we read the first trade. 
uh, this year. And then we were at the Hunger uh, first few issues, or the first issue of, and I read the first three issues. And we read The Chilling Adventures of uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And this is talking about bringing fun to a, a series that has no fun. Nobody cared about Archie until the zombie slash witch slash werewolf apocalypse that, and also now with uh, uh, Vampironica coming out, the vampire apocalypse. Uh, this is a, just a great series of books, and it's all helmed by Roberto, and it's being now written by Frank uh, Thierry. It's It's what we... Every time this comes out and we notice it's on Comixology, we're going to buy. You guys are going to be like, oh, Paul bought that. Yes, I will read it. Yeah. Hellboy, you buy, and we're like, oh, yeah, John likes Hellboy. And that's the difference. That's the difference right there. And that's why. But I will say that first issue of Afterlife with Archie, The Hunger, I didn't enjoy. It wasn't fun. It was Jughead at a circus being a werewolf and then Archie getting the lessons from Veronica about being a hunter and his dick uncle coming. Like it it didn't make me want to continue reading the series. Uh I will say this, Paul didn't finish buying the series. These issues and books start out great, but fizzle out in the fact that Afterlife with Archie still isn't concluded, and it's three years old. I think Mike Manola is doing what works best for those book series is, boom, quick vignettes. Boom, this is Hellboy fighting this character. This is Hellboy fighting that character. And I think that works better as a long-term reader than a book that doesn't continue to deliver on what the premise is or what you liked about that book. Hmm. 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 As I lean back in my chair and stroke my chin, I have to say, I did enjoy reading the original BPRD series when that was coming out. And even before that, when they were doing the BPRD one shots where it was the team in those one and done stories, John, the way you, describe Hellboy in the BPRD 1955 sounds fantastic and it's something that I definitely want to read but the problem is you never actually brought it to the table so we never read any of it Paul on the other hand has consistently brought these dark Archie books to the table and we've read them and we might not have stuck on them or continued reading it but we always enjoy that initial issue and the pitch and they're obviously doing well enough that they keep doing this, and like we keep checking them out. I'm sure we're going to read Vampironica. Yep. Paul, was that? Yep. Yep. Okay. It's on the um, list for March. Look back. We'll we'll look at that one. Um, so that's the whole reason why I have to go with the uh, Frank Thierry, Roberto Aguirre, Sintasa team up because I've read more of that recently. I do enjoy Mignola handling Hellboy. I love the BPRD. That's just a great family of characters. Um, and I, I want to see more of this. I've, and the big thing for me was like, I never read any of the Hellboy books because the, he was always doing kind of more like the, like the mini series or ongoing series stuff. And 
I don't want to say it felt dense to jump into that, but it was much easier for me to pick up like a, hey, here's a BPRD one shot. Here's here's them investigating this town that had a rain of frogs. Okay, cool. But yeah, I, I do look forward to reading the Mignola Robertson stuff when you when you finally make us do it, though. Yeah. So, so I'm losing by default. Yes. Which I'm. You're, you're you're losing because you never you never said, "Hey guys, we're going to read this." I have said plenty of times that this is great and that you should read it, and I'm buying all of it. And that's your fault for not being a good comic book reader to keep up with on all of this. Okay. Where Paul says, "Hey, read Sabrina." And then be like, ah, don't read Sabrina. It wasn't that great. I didn't like well, it. I, I, I got I nervous about it because I'm like, oh. I enjoyed Sabrina, though. I enjoyed Sabrina thumbing through Sabrina while I had to read some other bullshit that I didn't like. Because the thing he didn't like about Birthright was like, oh, it's too wordy. And then Sabrina I'm reading and I'm like, fuck, this is a really wordy. What was Birthright that I didn't like? The the Superman Birthright when we read that. Oh, God. Well, not only that lasted like that was like an entire year's run that I was supposed to read in one afternoon. And that was boring. That was Mark Wade too. Fuck Mark Wade. He's losing. (laughs) He's losing next round. He's losing. It wasn't a whole whole one week. It was a month's worth. And I also gave you like guys like I'm picking Birthright. Doing Birthright. You said Birthright. You have to assume that we are going to read either the day we're going to record or the day before. You got Why the Last Man, Volume 1. You realize that that's my pick, right? Like, it's been on the list for, like... Are you talking about this water-damaged copy that I have? Yeah, yep, that's the one. Got to read it. I was actually going to... I was thinking about reading Volume 2 as well. Yeah, do both. But anyways... Because I feel like volume two will get me in there because I've read volume Frank. one three times and I still don't like it. Well, well, we'll talk about that when we get to it. So Frank Terrier, uh, Terrier and also uh, Roberto Enguera Sacasa. Okay. Moves on. And now Moving we got uh, BKV versus uh, Weeby. Uh, what's his first name? Curtis Weeby. Curtis Weeby. I'm going to go. Oh, I just, I put... BKV on this list, and also Curtis Weave, because I enjoy both their books. Saga, I read the first issue back when it first came out, and I'm like, you know what? Too crazy. It's too out there. It's not catching me. Then we read Volume 1 for a look back, and I'm like, okay, I'm in. Man, if only your friends had been telling you for years. You have been. And I believe we say the same thing to John about Why the Last Man. But that's very true. Very Basically, anything from Brian K. Vaughn, though, like, we say, like, yes, like, we have to read this. The only one that I never really the stuck wolf, around on Wolverine was that uh, Stand on Guard. like Yeah, the Canadian Army one. Mm. Yeah, and that one, it just, it wasn't a bad book, but there was just nothing in it that, that grabbed me. Nothing made me care about mm. those characters. Did any of us read the Wolverine one where it was the, after the first issue you realized he's in a hole in Nagasaki, Japan? No. Right before the bomb drops? No, but I bet it was pretty good. Because they used that in Wolverine 2. Oh, really? The Wolverine. <laughs> the Wolverine, which I did not read. The motion watch, picture. Say. So we didn't read that one either. But we all read <clears throat> Doctor Strange, the Oath. Yes. Yeah, we, we all read the Oath. Um, Young Avengers was something that like we've championed for years. And 
John, I I do say runaways, like, runaways, runaways. Uh, what did I say? Young Avengers. You said Young Avengers, and I'm like, wait a second, what? Okay, my bad. I'm trying to do the my arithmetic. Bad. I'm like, did he do a run on that? No, he he didn't. Yeah. You are going to be able. You won't be able to pry BKV from my cold dead hands because Saga, yeah. as we talked about mm-hmm. months ago, is probably my absolute favorite comic book of all time, hands down. It could end with "It's all a dream," and I still would be like, "Ah, eh, I'm fucking good with it." Wow, because what he's done with the family of this book and how he progresses and changes and how people come in and out of this family. It's saga all the way. Uh, I have most of paper girls downloaded and purchased. I saw that. I have yet to finish reading it, but what I loved about that book, I think still continues and it's still evolving because that's what BKV is great about is evolving these characters learning lessons, failing at things, learning from that, and continuing to evolve. And Saga is probably, in my mind, one of the best comic books written and drawn. I I would agree with you. I think Brian K. Vaughn has done fantastic comic book work since we got back into comics. I did go back and buy his... Swamp Thing run after finding out that he had done Swamp Thing after becoming a BKV fan. I'm just not a Swamp Thing fan. That one didn't resonate with me too much. I bought uh, issue, but apparently, hmm? I bought issue one of that, and I didn't. I didn't continue on with yeah, it. And I, th- I think that's the thing because everyone kind of came out in that the same way, being like, eh, "It's not a great comic." And I think even Brian K. Vaughn has mentioned mm-hmm. in interviews where he's like, "Yeah, you know, I was still kind of wet behind the ears, so it wasn't wasn't perfect." But I think in the future, people will be speaking of like, oh, Brian K. Vaughn saga. Like, this is going to be his his Sandman. His masterpiece. His League of Incredible, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Like, this is going to be his mark on comic books. And I'm, I feel lucky that I'm actually able to, to see this. I'm seeing something that's going to be on bookshelves, on people's must-read lists History probably in the for making. the rest of time. Yeah. And nothing against Curse Weeby because I think we all love Rat Queens. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even talk about <laughs> Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, Curse Weeby, he, he's done Rat Queens. Oh, he's I done, knew where I was going to be. I'm yeah, like, okay. I mean, he did the... I didn't even know that book was still coming out because when I saw his name on the list, I was like, is Rat Queens still being published? And it's nothing against it because I really do enjoy that book, but... Saga is something that's constantly available, except for when it goes on those brief hiatuses. But it's always done with, uh, hey, you know, we're going to be back. Rat Queens, and this is going back like two years ago, it took a break because they were having a new artist come on. It's an indie they work, out, so like, they don't have the money. Yeah. I think they put out like two issues of it, and then like I didn't see anything else for a while until I was like, hey, here we are again. We're rebooting. Um, but Sa- Saga is going to be a a force to be reckoned with as long as Brian K. Vaughn is writing this book. And Paul does have a Rat Queen's tank top. Yes, I do. I own one. <laughs> uh, yeah, Curtis Wavy, I'm going to make my vote here because it doesn't matter. It's a, it's So this is a symbolic vote. 
I think Curtis Weeby does a great job with Requiems. It's a fun book. It's all female-led characters, but none of them feel token. Like, they all feel yeah. like they could all each, each and every one of them could be the lead character. Yeah. And no matter who you go with, you're like, okay, this is fun. I'm rooting for this character. I'm rooting for that one. Every time that I sit down to play a role-playing game, I hope it turns out as well as Requiem's. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's the thing that I really enjoy about it. And we're it's, playing Gloomhaven. And we are playing Gloomhaven, which is a board game that's basically a role-playing game. And it's not as good as Rat Queens. And I spent way too much money on Gloomhaven. And I just spent... Why Can I cancel that order of the Batman? <laughs> no! Because no. I want to play it! <laughs> okay. Well, then fine. Uh, I, I continue to look through, and they have, like, expansion packs, too, yeah. which give you other... Yep, yeah, I was and not like, going to spend the money the, on that shit. It's, like, $55 for that, but, like, the Batcave one comes with uh, yeah, Red Robin. And the Tyrannosaurus yeah. Rex. And, I don't know, it looks cool. And he can buy the Batmobile for $35. I need to play this Gloomhaven game. Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, we should totally play the, like, the... When Chris comes, mm-hmm. we should do Gloomhaven, the first thing... You can play any random scenario. In yeah, we'll play it again. Different well, characters and stuff. You can just play a random scenario in Gloomhaven. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah, that's something I want to check out. For comic books, guys. So I'm going with Weeby, but BKV wins out for this round. So that means that it's going to be Mark Wade versus uh, Roberto Anguere Sacasa and Frank Thierry versus... Uh, James Tinney in the f- fourth versus BKV. So let's start over at the Marvel side with Mark Wade versus Anguaria Sacasa and Frank Thierry. And go. Uh, Wade all the way. Uh, yeah. I think he's just, to me, what he did, even in those first three issues of Captain America. Mm-hmm blows away anything I read with putting the zombie apocalypse with Archie or Jughead being a vampire. A werewolf? Him having (laughs) Captain America... (laughs) Thank you, Paul, for... Sorry, John. But Paul for being like, uh, werewolf? (laughs) Just so dismissively. I love that. Because he's just dismissively just rejecting what everything that is great about what's happening at Afterlife with Archie right now. Afterlife... Yeah, because it's like... You, it's been three years and they still haven't finished a year's worth of books what Wade has done just in those Captain America books the first issue with those uh, those guys attacking that park with mm-hmm. Captain America fighting against the swordsmen to save a city from him blowing up a dam and flooding it from Craven the Hunter hunting Captain America, all of that has worked amazingly well. Uh, the fourth issue is Captain America being frozen in time, quote-unquote, again, hmm. and being awakened, which he thinks is 50 years in the future, which actually is only five years in the future. It wasn't, it wasn't great, but it still had heart. It still had whoever's taken over the USA that Captain America is going to have oh. to fight against being held down by 10 people because a, someone was going to be killed 
And he was like, no, I will risk my life to save that kid. No one has to die in my presence. And then being fucking pissed off that they held him back and he wasn't allowed to save that person. And he looks at the leader of that group and says, you ever do that to me again, you are no longer the leader of this group. And her saying, like, I'm the only one holding these people together. And I've been here for years trying to do that. Like, I know the rules of this society and I am leading this group to survive. You come in with your flashy costume and think you can save one person. I'm saving a hundred people. And the book, to me, feeling a little cliche about what it is, because I know it's all a dream. Mm-hmm. He's going to wake up and he's been, it's all a mind probe by the bad guys. It's not real. But those moments he has with those characters, it fits with Captain America. It fits with the ideal of Captain America that has been put out to us. You put, oh, it's Archie. You don't really care about Archie, but oh, he's a zombie. He's facing oh, off against zombies. Jughead's a werewolf And now. Veronica is, well, he's a vampire slayer. And it's freaking awesome. It is. But here's the thing, like, we, we, you say we don't care about Archie, but we do care about Archie because of the stuff <laughs> that Mark Wade did on that book. <sighs> like, and I guess that's kind of my vote for Wade, too, because, like, I think we do enjoy those dark Archie books, and it, they're all great fun premises and great, like, one-and-done stories, but Wade, he completely delivers. Like, he can tell a continuous story with great character development, and we love the characters that he basically reinvented over in the Archie side of things, and that's what we go into those books looking for. I think... Wade also has the the thing where he finds the perfect artist to work with him on a book. Mm-hmm. Fiona Staple working with Archie, uh, Chris Somney, Paulo Rivera. Uh, after this Captain America arc that he's doing, he's going over to Doctor Strange. Wow. I can't wait to see what he does with Doctor Strange. And I can't wait. Even to- though Jason Aaron just did Doctor Strange. And, you know, I, I'm the, I bought the most of those books. And you voted for Jason Aaron list? No, I wait. Uh, I gave uh, Mark Wade. You want Mark Wade? Yeah. I did wait because I've been reading Wade's book. Wade has made me purchase books this year. Aaron Much has like not. Other than Doctor Strange. That was two years ago, Brad. No, that was this year. Way, uh, Nick, Aaron, yeah, we read the like the Loki Sorcerer Supreme. Like, yeah, that wasn't Jason Aaron. Uh, who is Jason that? Aaron hasn't been on. So why are you bringing Jason Aaron up with writing Doctor Strange then? You did. No, you just did. You did. <laughs> Don't play him. Don't try main games with me. Chris, who brought up Jason Aaron writing Doctor uh, Strange. Listen, listeners, you've been listening. John, though. You know John. that Chris, that Paul did. <laughs> no. Okay, yeah, that w- it wasn't um, Jason Aaron that did that, uh, the Loki. Yeah. I fucking uh, know I bought that screen. book. He's been off since. That, he's honestly, been that off was, since that was the last. After he did his War of the Wage, the War of the Wage, War of the Sorcerer War Supremes, the uh-huh. where uh, that alien race was killing off all of the other magic users, blah blah blah, and we started reading that volume that we read the first issue for, mm-hmm. and I continued reading on. I don't know about you guys. Nope. I haven't read hey Doctor you know uh, Aaron. 
Or listen to Chris. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because Jason Aaron fell off to uh, Mark Wade at the beginning. <laughs> so, so Paul, I don't know if you made your your statement for because it comes down uh, to if I see on a I previous love that page, you sabotaged my whole yeah. Wade thing with throwing Jason Aaron into it. You you threw Jason Aaron to it. You know it's funny, Paul. I've never looked over there and seen just garbage <laughs> sitting on my futon. <laughs> You're playing dirty. I am playing. You're playing dirty. But uh, Mark Wade has already won. You guys both have voted for Mark Wade. But I have to say that if I see a book with Mark Wade on it, champions, I'm like, I don't care. But I see an Afterlife with Archie book title with uh, either Roberto Anguera's Sacasa or Frank Thierry. Who made who you, I cannot. Who made you love Nova? Who. That would be uh, that would be Mark Sam Humphreys. Mark Wade. When Mark Wade launched it as Kid Kid Nova, Sam Humphreys took that over. <laughs> Mark Wade made you fall in love with that book. Yeah, but that was like fucking three years ago. Who made ago. you love? That's who three years you, ago. Who? Uh, that's three love, years ago. That's who, what you just said. Chris said, "Who made you love Archie?" Oh, that was like four years ago. I'm gone. Why would you pick up any... You're derailing me with why four years ago. Why would you pick up any I'm other... I'm shooting magic at you. Why would you... Why would you, ma- why would you pick up any other Archie book? Because Mark Wade wrote Archie, you picked it up, and you continued to read it. Uh, you wouldn't life, even have looked at... You wouldn't even have blinked at that book if it wasn't... Oh, it's on my wish list, and John's making me pick a book. I love Archie. I like I'll Archie. Pick up yeah. Afterlife with Archie number one this time because he's making me buy it. But it's it surpassed. It's like, oh, okay, here's the starting point. Oh, and it did a lap around it. Like that's what happened with Afterlife with Archie. It did a whole lap. Afterlife it. with Archie, yes. Anything that. Uh, uh, Tyrion. Yeah, so you're saying everything yes, that, yes, everything that, that Mark, everything that Mark Way did was surpassed and lapped by uh, Tyrion and Angela Thank yeah, you, John. From so years thanks. ago, because that book didn't come Move out on. this year. That book did not come out this year. Afterlife with Archie is old. It is old, and we and, might have read it this year. And Archie with Mark Wade is also hunger, just as old. The hunger by the other guy on this book, Frank Tyrion, and it sucked. You didn't even finish reading it. I didn't. Well, we read the first. I read the first three. The first three. How many have come out? There's since five. There's so four five. or five. So I have to read. Two. Yeah, but I miss everything. I'm all up to date on Wade's Captain America. Yeah. Good for you, man. All right. <laughs> Let's shut it down because we still have another whole half of the bracket to get through. <laughs> so we got Wade versus uh, Charles Soule. So, so Wade won. Yeah. Okay. Wade already won yeah, before he even that. started voting. Oh, I thought I was still fighting for it. I would have. Sh- no, I don't know why. I would have just like, been an asshole to go me. because we had already. I would have shut up long ago. No, you wouldn't. He still wanted to beat me down for. But we're reason. we're heading into uh, James Tinney the fourth versus Brian K. Vaughn. As much as I just spoke so highly about Detective Comics, uh, I think what Tinian has done on Detective, Com- Detective Comics has been great for the Batman world. It's what I want to read in the Batman world. The comic that I continue to want to read is Saga, written by BKV. And anything that anything that BKV 
produces, I will continue to pick up. Except for Why the Last Man. Since uh, Saga. <laughs> oh, since Saga. Okay. Just wanted to get that down. I bought issue one of Saga. I had that. I bought that. I bought volume when the, the first volume came out. I bought that. And that was still before you two had fallen in love with Saga. I just yeah. want to say. It took me until just like last month to like Saga. So <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> BKV is my. Uh, I, will, I will have you know, though, Saga was something that I brought to everyone's. Uh, you attention because of why the last man you and, and he was doing a new book you and paul champion saga <laughs> i'm the one who walked away from loving it the most because chris you gave me your first issue because i continued buying it you said uh i'll give you issue one because you have all the other issues yeah and that's i knew it was something that i was going to read via trade because for me brian cave on is one of those like i'm going to constantly go back and revisit this material Type, uh, type writers, much like Neil Gaiman. like He's someone that I want to have those books on the shelf because I know I'm going to continuously go back to them and revisit that. Um, his his opposite this bracket, though, with James Tinian IV, I absolutely love everything that I'm getting in Detective Comics, and it's making it a great Batman story. I don't know if this is going to be one of those seminal Batman family stories, though, that I need to have on my bookshelf. It's a great ongoing comic book. It's keeping me interested. But once it's over, I I could get another great yeah. Batman family story, you know, five years down the road. That's going to be like, wow, I, this is this is fantastic. I don't think I'm ever going to see another great intergalactic love family story with crazy television robot people, giant dragons jizzing on stuff <laughs> story ever again. I, uh, so I have to give it to Brian K. Vaughn because he's telling a story that no one's ever going to be able to touch because he, he's making this his. And I will agree because just like hands down, okay, volume two of whatever Detective Comics or Batman is versus volume two of Saga is, I want to read Saga first. So that's why my vote would go with uh, BKV. So there it is. So we got... Charles Soule versus uh, Mark Wade, or we got Tom King versus Brian KV. So I'm thinking it's Charles Soule versus Mark Wade. Yeah. I would put my vote towards Wade. Wade is still that person that I will follow wherever he goes. Charles Soule is very close to that. Mm -hmm. I will pick that up because he, in the last few years, has done somebody interesting enough that I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, Charles Soule and that character. To me, Mark Wade, whoever he does, I go, oh man, that is something to watch for. Right. Charles Soule, it'll be like, oh, that'll be a fun character he does. I'll read a couple of it. I won't stay on. Mark Wade, most likely, I will stay on it. I've picked up a lot of some of his. Mark Wade has a very he he gets to pick the books he writes, right? Yeah. yeah. I think Charles. I think Charles Soule does the same thing. I mean, he he pitched a Darth Vader book that they said, "Oh, hey, yeah, that's a great idea." <laughs> it didn't. I said, "Hey, that's a great idea." It didn't make me stay on it. Mark Wade choosing his books. I usually stay on it. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> that's the difference between I think Wade and Soule. Chris, do you want to go or do you want me to go? 
Uh, I think you can go. Okay, I'm going to go with Charles Soule this year <clears throat> because he does both the Marvel books and also the Star Wars books. Uh, Mark Wade does also do the Archie book, but I would drop Archie. He's, he's done a lot of indie stuff too. I will add that. Too. Yeah, uh, but I would drop that, and I do want. I see myself wanting to catch up on all the back material for Star Wars more than I want to catch up on all the back material of the independent work that Mark Wade has been doing, like either Archie or whatever else is out there that I'm just not aware of. And Captain America was a lot of fun that first issue. But I was like, cool. Like, yeah, I might continue on this. And Charles Solda did Astonishing X-Men, right? Or uh, Amazing X-Men, or one of the X-Men books, and some of the others. But I, I feel bad not remembering, but there's so many X-Men books that come out or then get relaunched yeah. that it's, if you can't, it's hard to tell. If you can't remember what he did, it's not that memorable. Yeah, and I can't remember most of what Mark Wade has done in the independent books other than the one book that he had us read, which was Captain America. So Charles Soule is getting my vote this round because uh, She-Hulk and Star Wars. Two books versus Captain America. He was doing the She-Hulk where she, it just turned into Hulk. It was just the Hulk book? No, no. Yeah, it was Hulk. It was Hulk, yeah. It eventually was that, the tra- was that Charles Soule? Yeah. Are you sure about that? Pretty sure. Go ahead, look it up. I'm pretty sure as well. Produce it while Chris talks. Um, as much as I love that, and this is this happens every single year. John, you mentioned it earlier. Like, we do our best to defend these characters. Say, like, no, this is why I'm sticking by them. And then you have to pit them up against someone else that you've chosen. Uh, I, I kind of have to go with Mark Wade for the fact that yeah, like he's telling a great story. And he's going to be someone that I continuously go back to and follow. Um, Charles Soule's telling an awesome Darth Vader story. I also look forward to seeing what else he comes out with. But but Wade's the elder statesman. If I want someone handling a character that I care about or maybe don't care about yet, it's going to be Mark Wade. Mm. John, did you produce enough information during that time? No, well, you said Mark hold Wade. On. So, well, Wade moves on. Versus, right, if you voted for Wade, I'm not going to worry too much about it. So, no, it was Wade. I was just yep. curious about Hulk, though, because I'm pretty sure it was Charles Soule. Yep. So it's Tom King versus Brian KV in this round. This is going to be the toughest one for me. Okay. Well, then let Chris go first as you continue researching, and then and <sighs> I will just throw out a gut reaction, and then. Uh, there we, there will uh, we be. Whoa, what? For for everything that we've said about Brian K. Vaughn, it's it stands. Tom King's doing great work. Even a book that Paul maligned mm-hmm. viciously, I flipped through. And granted, I was just kind of like perusing it. I didn't really get a chance to read everything. Paul, the book that you said, like, nope, Tom King shouldn't get it for this issue. I came out of being like, wow, like I. I want to go back. I want to devote more attention to this. Uh, Tom King, his vision was fantastic. Granted, he wrote that a while ago and just kind of mm-hmm. popped up on our radar within this past year. Mr. Miracle has been great. His Batman stuff. Uh, War Jokes and Riddles made me want to read more Batman, but I already have Detective Comics as my my bat book, so to speak. 
he's going to continue to do great things. I think someday he will reach the the level that Brian K. Vaughn is at now. Tom King's going to go out there. He's going to tell his crazy story, and it will sit on a shelf. Uh, it's just going to sit on a shelf underneath the vast volumes of Brian K. Vaughn stuff that I will have already bought. So BKV is going to be my favorite. So I'm going to make it as difficult for John to say it's going to be Tom King. Because <laughs> on an airplane ride, which I am... Chris nailed his, it. Chris nailed it with BKV for me. Okay, well, on an airplane ride, which I am historically horrible at, I hate flying on airplanes. I get panicked. The one thing that settled me down was reading Mr. Miracle on the plane. It just totally took me out of where I was and brought me into that world. Saga couldn't have done that for me. It was only see Saga's my sa- no Saga's my book that like when I have a bunch of issues of it like saved on my tablet like that's what I read on the plane. <clears throat> I I and but no offense to like you, yeah. you're reading picks, Paul, mm-hmm. but like I I just said like you know that's that's how I feel about. I Tom. think so I vote I, for Tom King. Your vote for Tom King, Chris, just made me go ditto because what he said about the two of them is very true. And uh, I'll let that stand because what he said was the perfect analogy for those two writers. Okay. So we, now we have. I, I think. Well, sorry, not to oh, no, like, go ahead. stop you from moving on, but I think what we had from Bride Cave on originally, like when we got into comics, and he was kind of like that budding writer at the time. With reading the he hood. Was telling the, yeah, with the hood, which was a character that he kind of introduced, but it was playing in that Marvel universe. And then he did Runaways, which was those new characters dwelling in the Marvel Universe. And then he started playing in that sandbox is what we're getting from Tom King right now. Like He's he's making his presence known, handling these characters that have already been established. And this is going to be what propels him into that, like, hey, I can now write whatever I want to. I don't have to keep doing, you know, Swamp Thing or Batman. I can... I can have the clout to create something that I'll put my name on, not just have it say Batman on the cover. It's going to say Tom King over that. But continue, Paul. Sorry. Nope. And that uh, that brings us to Mark Wade versus Brian K. Vaughn. Not Brian K. Vendis, Bendis. Is, yeah, <laughs> I've been drinking. So, so Mark Wade versus BKV. I think as someone who's the champion of Mark Wade, I feel for this whole episode, <laughs> BKV beats him. I think everything we've said about both those guys—they're both amazing writers. But BKV, hands down, the greatest series I've ever read is Saga. I say one book versus two. Wade wins. Archie. And Captain America going on at the same time versus See, BKV is doing I would one say book. Saga and Paper Girls. I've continued oh. on in Paper Girls. I do not yeah. care about Paper Girls at all. This because you don't like women. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would be a thorn in your side. That's the only reason I said it. Isn't that true? Paul um, Paul loves women. Jeez, you know what? Like, here's the thing. Just a, this whole oh, time. it's an Apple. Oh, it's an Apple iPhone. It's like, okay, come on. Let's get a little bit better. There, BKB. I just bought you pizza. You did. I will, was I willing, see. and I asked your wife, aka present wife, how much I owed you. So, 
Let's not pretend like I let's, didn't ship let's in. Let's wrap this up so we can eat more pizza. Uh, this whole time I've been thinking about Brian K. Vaughn on Saga, even though you mentioned Paper Girls at the beginning, John. I forgot that was a book, and now I'm like, man, I need to go back and catch up on that because do you, though? there's been like a year's... Hmm? Do you, though? Like, what, what are do. you missing? I think you're missing a great um, story. I'm missing... Yeah, uh, the fact that I love those characters, I love kind of where the hook left me off after that first volume. I want to go back and get more. I haven't read Archie in in a while. Hmm. Um, I don't remember the last one that I checked out. I read at least the first volume. Mr. Howell uh, being, running for a re-election and then being caught up in a murder mystery? Was that it? No, no. I, don't think I, I don't think I saw any of that. Okay, then... Yeah, you haven't read it in a while. Uh, I, 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 I could easily I can go back and check because I have my browser open. I can just tap into Comixology real quick. But the fact that John just mentioned the fact that, like, yeah, Paper Girls is still a thing. And I was like, oh, fuck. I, I, have, to, I have to read more Paper Girls. Like, I have to do this. All right. Then it's- there's, nothing that's, there's nothing that's drawing me back to Archie right now. I, I still want to, you know, catch up on Captain America. I want to finish reading Champions because I think that series ended. I care about Wade's work, but Brian K. Vaughn, man, I I just got excited to go read more comics. So there it is. BKV is the winner. He won last year, too. He won last year. He yeah. wins again this year. He's unstoppable. He went up against Jason Aaron, defeated him, went up against Mark Wade. Defeated him. Uh, so join us next week when we discuss the top artists from the independent Marvel and DC staple, and uh, see who wins from that. And then we'll briefly. Now, talk I want to. I, I want to throw this out there now, because okay. we always pick a book that we want to see our top tier writer and artist work on together. Do we want to do that? As a standalone, do we want to do that as a not episode, or do you just kind of want to tack it on to the end of the artist? I think we I tack, it, tack on. it on. We can try to tack it on. Because that's, a, that's we usually, what we've always done. We used to make it a full episode, us talking about that, but I think we, in the past years, have taken a pause, thought about initially what mm-hmm. we want that artist and writer to work on, and then There's so much beer to drink, so it's so good. Like, we just finished uh, <laughs> Collective pro- uh, Project IPA number five, and it is delicious. Collective Arts... So you were wrong. <laughs> That's the thing. Collective project. It's collective arts, though. Yeah, but yeah, it's the collective arts collective project number five. But that's not the brewery's name. Okay. Well, I read the top of the can. You should know. And hopefully, we're at the top of your have to listen to list. So make sure you rate and review us over on the iTunes or whatever your podcatcher of choice happens to be. <laughs> Uh, like us over at Facebook, MagnumBoardcast.com. Uh, we are we are getting away from our email addresses, so be careful. We haven't with that. mentioned them in years. Yeah, don't try to email so us over there. So I decided to save the hundred dollars a year and not have that. So and put that towards Gotham. Uh, yep. Ministry yep. Games. Pretty much. You're welcome, everybody. But check us out over on our website. We uh, would love you tacking on any extra information you have with that episode uh, because Chris is working diligently on 
the show notes for every episode or find us over. Yeah. Comment, comment on some of our pages. Cause all the comments that we get on that, it's always just like spam bot stuff. Like, Hey, I like this entry. You should check out this page for more business ideas. That's like delete, delete, yep. delete. Stupid rush. I, I love a real comment. Stupid Russian bots. And find Find us over on our Facebook. If you haven't yet like us, uh, we love to see any kind of new likes or, uh, any kind of interactions. Any kind of interactions. We we do enjoy that.